I'm telling you, man, this is one of the weirdest things ever. Oh, I, yeah. I mean, I realize it's Thursday. It's cold mm-hmm. and it's, it's so happy. Feels it's like Thursday. Fall. Yeah. But then we're going to start going back into being hot again next week. And yeah. just, it just, I don't understand this weather roller coaster. I mean, next week is, is November, man. Well, I think we can all just agree, though, that climate change was just a plot that liberals came up with to make us feel bad about things. Because obviously, I've, this is I've, totally I've heard, I've heard many, many the way that nature, that. Mm-hmm. way that nature intended all of this to go. Hey, everybody, welcome to a tech podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> very badly timed and very badly choreographed intro. In very As, poor taste. In very poor. I mean, good weather, but poor taste. I'm just saying, my sinuses can't handle this swing. From hot to cold to hot to cold to hot to cold, because nature doesn't know what the heck to do uh-uh, with uh-uh. this this kind of temperature issue. And, and, so. and we're seeing more and more massive climate uh, systems flow through the Pacific, and it's getting yeah. me very worried, man. It's just anyway, pretty great. But yes, um, welcome back to another uh, beautiful. Well, I'm going to say beautiful, uh, greatly organized, and definitely definitely planned podcast. On Heck this beautiful yeah. Thursday, uh, the last Thursday of this October 2023. Um, I although I don't feel like Techtober is ending with the end of October. But not yeah. even close. No. Uh, again, not, yeah. like, I don't think either of us slowed down for the summer. Because usually mm-hmm. there's like a tech doldrums a in the summer. Yeah, I've worked all the way through. Yep. And uh, it seems like Techtober is going to just wind sprint all the way through the end of the year until we're going to be talking about CES. So. <laughs> Actually, speaking of which, I got my registration. I figured it, even if I don't go, I'm not going to say that I'm not, but it's just the timing of it next year is a little bit off. I should mm-hmm. at least register. And if I did decide to, not decide to, figure out whatever's going on, sure. at least I have that in there. And I think I got one of the sure. one of our favorite show events also that I got registered for. But yeah. Nice. It's crazy. It's crazy. And um, I will say this. Um, realizing the fact that this week is the Tech Summit, the Snapdragon Tech Summit in, in Maui, um, and that today actually, I think it already ended. I think this is pretty much the end of the uh, actual uh, yeah. Tech Summit. I think if uh, overall it's isn't, a Isn't this event. The, the people that are there are now doing their like activity day or something like that? Like uh, um, a fun day of relaxation at the end of the I think the that's event. true. No, no, I think for the most part, that should, if, I, if memory serves me correct. Um, today, the way it ends, it ends with a luau. So there's a big celebration at the end of the, the, mm. the event where essentially it's just a luau at the hotel. Uh, although... Again, I don't know how the schedule is going on. Uh, for the most part, yeah, it, it, the events are over. They had some sessions today, and mm-hmm. we're starting to see some information on embargoed, uh, you know, benchmarks yeah. and information as far as you know how the HN three is going to be performing. And of course, we learned about a lot of stuff. Orion, namely, mm-hmm. uh, specifically, uh, <laughs> I always find it funny. Apple had to throw a teaser for for their fastest Mac ever. How much how much fun did you have just in your brain that yeah. Apple was like we're doing uh an end of October scary fast event and you're like yeah. boy Apple was scared Dude. to yeah. quickly put out something that would try to steal some of the headlines away from Qualcomm. They were scary Andy, fast in Andy, getting think, that out there. Uh, Samsung, I think, was it a few years ago? Didn't they do their bespoke edition thing right around the same yeah. time? Um, they all try well, to it, grab the limelight around. My, my favorite, the I, I really feel the Samsung one was, oh no, Google put out a phone way cheaper than our FE edition. Uh, bespoke. That's what we were always going to talk about was bespoke. But Apple 
finally looking like they might get a little competition in the silicon space is definitely concerning to them where they've I'm, had I'm, I'm, I'm a little two generations of macbooks yeah that haven't yeah. had any competition in this niche mm-hmm. at a time where macbook sales have now also joined the rest of the pc market in plunging like 30 percent year over year because the the reality of the matter is and this is just from even from personal experience i have a first generation macbook pro with the m1 series not first how dare you say that to me how dare you close your ears close your ears (laughs) (laughs) mommy and daddy are talking (laughs) (laughs) yeah right (laughs) no 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 i know um (laughs) And, and, I'll, and I'll be very honest um, with everything that I've been doing with it and everything that I've needed out of it for, for performance and, and rendering. I haven't had the reason. There is no reason to go to an M2. And God forbid the M3 even – I mean, don't get me wrong. We're, we're splitting hairs. We're at the point now where we're mm-hmm. talking about the silicon is so good that it's literally shaving off seconds. It's not shaving off minutes. It is not truly a reinvention of the wheel. For me, going from a Windows PC to an M1 Mac – with DaVinci Resolve, mm-hmm. that to me was a leap, like well, a light leap in the future. And that was the big exciting announcement yeah. that is going to cause you to come crawling back, back. and dump that MacBook <laughs> off the side of the road somewhere. Oh, that was hot, that DaVinci that Resolve garbage. got out? DaVinci Resolve got out the gates early and said 2024 they're going to be su- supporting Windows on ARM finally. So I'm looking forward to midsummer 2024 when we first not only start seeing PCs with it, but also hopefully see DaVinci getting that who do support. You, who do you think is going to be first? I Honestly, wonder who, because they've got launch partners I, are HP, Dell, Microsoft, or someone MSI. else. Oh, Lenovo. Yeah, I, yeah, I thought well, Lenovo course, had Lenovo, also yeah. said. Lenovo, would, but, more than likely, I feel, okay, I, so look, it, it, I'll think, <laughs> I think Lenovo will probably be first out the gate. Uh, if not, okay. because uh, because I was going to say Microsoft, I, they they actually embraced 8CX Gen 3 on the Surface Pro 9. Well, I, I think it's I, I. How about this? How yes. about this? The friendly wager. <laughs> I think Microsoft will be first out the gate. You think Lenovo and uh, whoever is incorrect has to buy uh, lunch for the victor. Something something easy. Okay, I, I, I could I could do that, I could do that, and 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 I, w- I will say yeah I I, I and we're committing it here to the podcast. We'll do a not Absolutely. a mukbang. We'll we'll at least share some uh, selfies we'll of keep, one of us buying we'll the other budget, lunch. Uh, but I'm we'll I'm on the record. Yeah. I I think Microsoft might actually eke out. I went. I'm, I'm even doing this at the deficit okay, that let me, that they've let me, cut back on the Surface team. No, no, I'm, I'm and totally I'm still putting it out there that I think Microsoft might beat Lenovo to getting uh, are, are, are an, we Orion. Are we talking about announcement, or are we talking about availability, like actual availability? A product yeah. actually shipping. Yeah, I don't, I don't care about announcements. Different. You can't buy announcements. Yeah, but come on, so. like, no, no, no. Yeah, but the reason why I'm saying this is like, you know, we're talking. I mean, we could talk Sony <laughs> here, and we could just say, hey, the Xperia One Mark Seven is out, and. You know what I mean? It could no, be but I mean, months. like, at some point, okay. something's going to ship. Shipping, so actually, app, shipping, actually shipping, yeah. Where we're able to link to something at an actual store. I got it. Okay, so we're we're going. And, and JGJ, if because that's a fair if it, that's a fair question. It, JGJ saying if we're both incorrect, then we buy have to buy each other lunch. Dang, that just sounds like such a bad thing to do. But yeah, so no, I, you I, know, I yeah, no, we're I, basically I, just trading lunch. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> as long as we don't just do this entire thing for a one dollar bet. But but I think and that's you know we're we're kind of already we're, we're kind of already on the topic. Hey everybody, thank you so much. We're seeing oh, a great dude. crew in here joining the conversation. <laughs> we're obviously starting off with Qualcomm, and well, it's, uh, it's I, like I think thing going on. Yeah, no. Well, but but mean, I but I think Elite is probably the best place to start, and then we'll we'll backtrack. We'll cover Snapdragon eight Gen three because I'm a little concerned about eight Gen three. But um, yeah. we've got these new Orion cores. Orion cores. And the Elite. Exactly. What is it? The X Elite or Elite X? What is it? If I'm not correct, if I'm not, I think if it, the Snapdragon uh, X, no, Elite X. Snapdragon Elite X chip. I have two headlines back to back here that contradict each other. What I've got an that? Axios that says the Snapdragon Elite X chip looks to break whatever. And then PC Mag says, meet Snapdragon X Elite. <laughs> so I'm gonna go with Ars Technica, and Ars Technica says X Elite. We'll we'll say they're correct. Okay, I'm <laughs> either That's way. That's hilarious. So what we're seeing? Okay, so we kind of saw some some early leaks and some teasers, literally like days before. It wasn't like you know we're not talking about like weeks or days before, but the reality is last year at the end of summit, uh, Qualcomm announced and teased the Orion. Orion being their next. Um, I guess architecture struck, uh, uh, you know, mobile processing uh, venture that was going to revolutionize what they've been doing with the HCX. And of course, it was just around the time when they launched the HCX3, which actually at that summit, I was, I had my eight, um, my, uh, my Microsoft, my Surface Pro 9 5G at the time, which was also yeah. kind of cute. HCX. Talked about it. it no, it, it was a mm-hmm. solid device and I, I, I truly still miss it. Um, and so far with, with everything that they've talked about, with everything that they're showing, and, and I'm always a little bit skeptical on, on charts and bar graphs because it's it's a perspective, right? It's it's something that is seen on from one person's point of view, right? Tested in lab compared to XYZ. Mm-hmm. But they're making some bold claims. I mean, they're going straight head to, head on with the M2. They're not even trying to say they're better than the M1. They're talking about better performance, better power efficiency than M2. I'm not yeah. sure. I couldn't remember specifically what they were using to compare when it talks about rendering, because that was to yeah. me was the big thing. Because they talked exactly that whatever impacts us, it's the render factor. I only switched over to the M1 not because it was uh, that the uh, that my Acer um, uh, my Acer laptop wasn't working. It just that I couldn't edit videos on a plane. The battery life sure. is horrible. And performance was just not there. Like, I mean, it would take literally take, I mean, it was, mm-hmm. it was just an in, incompatibility and Premiere wasn't working as well. DaVinci, as you got me converted over, that definitely worked much better. So a lot yeah. of bold claims. What, what was your impression when you heard, I mean, obviously with the, the, the Orion cores, the configuration, the, the bold claims of performance, is that something that makes, makes you excited for the movement going for, well, you know? I, so I, I'm always anxious about vaguely labeled bar graphs. Those but, are the best time, man. Come on. I know. This is rampant Dude, speculation. L- launch events have been built around vaguely, you know, titled. I, I like that they're. I like that they're making a claim, and they are. They are coming out pretty bold. They are naming. I names. don't really true. think. I, I don't really think Qualcomm's big target here is Apple. I think they're leveraging Apple's investment in the M series to validate why now is a good time to push into this new agreement we're fresh out of that lawsuit with arm arm and qualcomm where they mm-hmm. were in court you know sort of debating the license of 
uh, the company that originally started developing these Orion cores and whether or not that extended to Qualcomm. All of this was really messy. That was I think it's telling. Yeah, I mean, this is fresh. This is fresh legal ink that we're still digging through. Um, I feel that they clearly have Intel in their sights. And I feel they're trying not to wage too drastic, too scorched earth of a war against Apple because Mm -hmm. they want to be seen on that side of the fence. They want to be seen on the performance per watt the yeah. uh, the scalability, their their ability to make a great modem and radio so that they're always connected devices. I think they're trying to make that play. It's us against them. And Apple actually becomes kind of an ally in this conversation where so many people have been concerned about Windows on ARM and making this transition. And, oh, no, what if my random legacy applications from Windows 98 don't work anymore? Oh, gosh. <laughs> And I think now's the right time yeah. to make it. Um, I'm, I'm specifically picking and cherry picking some of that from their main benchmark graphs. Mm-hmm. They, they took some shots at the M2 saying, hey, we can make a, a faster chip. We can go head to head with Apple. But almost all of their performance metrics and comparisons are really against Intel, where they're showing performance well, they, against they sh- Intel. They shine much better. Yeah, but, but, it well, makes, but that's, it, it makes for a more dramatic comparison like if we're saying hey we we got five percent better performance than an m2 at two watt better power it doesn't look as interesting but when they're showing off something like 60 to 70 percent power reduction at the same performance as a 13th gen uh core i7 um that's where i think this conversation gets really interesting so i I, I feel like i i feel like this is the better play from qualcomm I I know Qualcomm's relationship with Apple has been super dicey. Qualcomm's been trying to make inroads in the laptop market for a while. They've had some token successes with like Lenovo and Microsoft. We have the Robo Encala. I still love my Robo Encala tablet. It's a great little tablet. But this is the fight that I think they want to pick. If they can go after Intel and show you comparable performance, but, you know, so in their graph... If you look at sort of peak performance for uh, an i7, a 13th gen, uh... let me try. This might bork everything because I'm trying a slightly different setup here. So let me screen share in for just a second. Oh, we're going to give it a try. Let's try. If it borks, send it to me in private chat and I can uh, paste it over. And then we'll we'll, we'll go back. Um, (laughs) So let me do this and share. And, if this oh, show it goes kind of work. Oh, okay. Um, but but give me one second. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna time. zoom this in. So this is from our buddies at Anantech who who are publishing some of the slides. And when they're showing this right here, it's yeah. a 13th gen Core i7, where if we follow this down at the performance, the sort of the peak performance of an i7, they're saying that that the CPU is going to be drawn like 90 watts. Yeah. And if the Elite X matches that same multi-threaded performance, it's going to be doing the same thing at just over 30 watts. Mm -hmm. So that's going to look way more dramatic, way more interesting than if you had an Apple M2 up there. Because the Apple M2 would probably be a similar curve, power performance curve, as what they're hoping to show off with Elite X. 
Absolutely. It's, it's like a Lamborghini and a, and a Ferrari trying to say, hey, we're faster than each other. But look, we're definitely, <laughs> fast. we're definitely faster than that Maxima that's been slagging. Oh, yeah. We did zero percent. to 60.1 seconds faster. Oh, yeah. Well, we hit the skid pad at like 0.3 Gs. Actually, about <laughs> 0.3 G improvement to the skid pad would be kind of a big deal. Um, I, I, I want to I point this out, Michael Corcoran. It's hard not to be a little skeptical given how many times Microsoft has basically abandoned some kind of Windows on ARM project like the Neo and the Surface. Pro X. Yeah. And that's not inaccurate, except that this is, Apple has shown us, this is the future of consumer grade mobile computing. I've been saying it for years. You have yeah. a laptop grade SOC in your pocket right now. If you have anything Snapdragon 845 or more powerful, you can yeah. draw direct correlations to compute power between your phone and a Core i3 or a Core i5 of maybe a couple generations back. So every single massive failure from the original, like um, I, there was a custom Windows CE build, then we I went to X-Scale yeah. processors, mm -hmm. then we can talk about Windows 8 and Windows RT, but every single one of those has been a better realization of what Windows can be on another platform. Mm -hmm. and. I'm telling you, with the exception of some heavy GPU compute load stuff, there is very little that holds me back on the 8CX Gen 3 on that Robo Encala. And that's like a last gen Core i3. Is that's that the most exciting processor to have in there? Absolutely not. But it's, it's like, I've got to get really obscure. <laughs> like software for devices that have been long out of date that I've got to find like ancient you know, uh, Windows drivers to try and support. That's the kind of stuff that I'm not able to use on my Robo and Kala. So I don't think that's that's the hook. If we can improve the compute power yeah, yeah. at the same power draw, then I think we've got all of the tools in place. There's going to be a transition, but we gave Apple pretty much an entire year to figure out like, how do you hook up an external monitor? Why does it freak out when I plug in a laptop hub? all of this other software that needs to be kind of transferred and translated and moved over. And like, yeah, that's fine. We gave Apple that runway. I, I think this is the right time for uh, Windows machines. And then hopefully also we see some more progress on Linux uh, using this hardware too. Well, it, by by default, I mean, if it's going to be running, if it's if it has better support for Windows, the way we had it on the Robo and Kala, we had the same situation going on with, um, you know, we benefited from being able to do boot that into Linux. So it's not like, you know, you lost any any comparisons or comparables in there. Mm -hmm. And the one thing I would probably say is, I, I okay, so I agree with you on the path because you're right. It's like trying to say, um, you know, we have a faster processor for Android, but then let's just compare it to the other thing that never will run Android that runs its own processor and it is comparable. Sure. It, you're right. Um, it, we are at the point where, it is time for us to start leveraging the mobile processors, the power efficiency that we get with uh, with uh, you know an, an ARM based processor. Apple has proven it; we've seen it, and I think it it behooves Qualcomm you know to, to be allied into in this conversation, you know, and be the I'm not going to say the dark side, but the Windows side. <laughs> I was like, sorry, because well, but this is this is why I keep bringing up that Robo and Kala is yeah. It is the most feature complete machine mm -hmm. outside of intense video editing. 
That's the well, weakness is when you hit that GPU hard, but you can install Android apps and it's run in Android 13. You mm -hmm. can install Linux apps and all you have to do is sudo apt-get update and you're running a current build of Ubuntu. Like mm -hmm. there is very little that holds that machine back. And when you start playing with how different programs have been optimized for different platforms and how there are a bunch of Linux apps out there that are already pretty well built um, with ARM chipsets in mind, that's incredible performance. Like. So it's little things like uh, I was just messing around with GIMP. It yep. turns out GIMP actually does have native support for Windows on ARM. Oh, well, it's okay. already built in. You, you download the same installer no, and no, one of the installer, yeah, yeah, it, it one ran, of the ins I, no, 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 I no. You said it ran better on Linux though. No, it still does. Okay, but as you look at whether or not you have to worry about did you get the right MSI or EXE to install GIMP for this chipset SOC? No. You go to GIMP, I was at GIMP.org or whatever it is, and you download the Windows installer and built into the Windows installer is native support for Windows on ARM. Okay, nice. Now, so if you want, if you want to install Ubuntu on your system, the, the Linux version is even faster. <laughs> yeah, but it, it's like that kind of progress. If, if we don't have the options out there and we don't see the support for it, I mean, GIMP is a very singular um, uh, example of that. But yeah, yeah. No, no, this, is the kind of, this is the kind of progress that I would expect to see with DaVinci Resolve getting on board. As soon as you that, start hammering yeah. away at some of those options, it, this, this gets a lot, this snowballs, this gets a lot faster. But 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 it also uh, not only that but it also is a slightly small fire lit under uh, Adobe's butt right now, because the moment <laughs> but because they've been sitting on their yeah. on their on their on their own little you know tower of we're working For on sure. it, we're working on it we're working on it it's been like three years we're listening to it the, no they've been saying that we're working on it since 2019 okay let's just let's be realistic yeah it's, it's been a grip it's been yeah. a while and every time we've talked to them we're working on it. it's just that they never felt like it was a good investment. With, nope. I feel like we're so. This is what I'm trying to say essentially is that this is a very much it's a pivoting point in on the Windows side, on Windows on ARM specifically, and at least in the in the realm of the, the, the development investment and also getting companies to start backing this. Being you know, Qualcomm can make the claims, but the companies need to make these claims come true for us. It's the same thing with mm -hmm. the with the Agent 3. You know, I'm excited for a processor that's faster, better, less power, all of that good stuff. Get me a phone that has that processor and let me let me use it. Let me see the benefit. Yeah. And let's see if we're talking a Gen 1 or are we talking a Gen 2 type of an experience because they're very and different. And this is, this is yeah. also the opportunity because I've caught a few comments. And again, no one in our chat because the people in our chat are far too clever to make this kind of dumb statement about mobile SOCs. Mm -hmm. But um, I was on a, I was scanning through Lemmy, um, that Reddit clone. And on one of the articles that someone had posted on one of the federated Reddit-style uh, conversation threads, it was like someone's like, oh, great, now, now my laptop is going to thermal throttle just like my phone does. <laughs> and you're like... Oh, crap. You have no concept of how laptops you, work then. <laughs> it, so, so you don't know how fans work, no, I think apparently. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Speaking of fans, I got something exciting. I'll, I'll mention, remind me later okay. to tell you something about what things with fan that I got that's very exciting. But anyways, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, it's no, the, the, the conception, yeah, cooling on a laptop but, is but this is much greater. But, but this, is, this is the opportunity. Like, if you're telling me peak performance is happening somewhere around 30 watts, 
you could design a throttled laptop that's not actively cooled, right? You could do that, or you could also make that like the difference like Apple does, where there's an air gap, and mm-hmm. that's really the only thing that prevents heat from coming out the chassis. So the mm-hmm. least expensive MacBooks perform poorer. And then when you get to the MacBook Pro, really all they've done is add active cooling, right? Active, no, so exactly. You and could which, do the, the way, exact same thing. Rarely ever kicks up. That's the one thing I will say for... You're such a shell. Dude, like, no, no, oh no, 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 man, no, no. I'm I, better than everyone else because I have a MacBook, do, okay, I'm no, 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 TK. No. Okay, I, let, me, let me explain. Um, <laughs> I use a Mac for my day job, okay? So my, my computer for the day job is a Mac. It's an i9 Mac. And that computer, oh, that I know that be, animal. That was that brutal. Was, yeah. Dude, it keeps wanting to take off every day, and I'm just yeah, it's a I'm jet just engine. sitting there and doing nothing, and suddenly the fans yeah. kick up, and you can hear it from the other room, and it was it is just horrible. The M1, I swear to God, that's one of those things I almost never. Hear oh no, I totally and, know. Yeah. And it is. I, I, I what I'm trying to say is uh, to, to the to credit to the story that you're explaining there is. It is truly active cooling. Is when you add the active cooling to the more obviously intensive level workloads that you're going to be doing, mm-hmm. as opposed to doing it on an Air, you're doing it on a Pro. There's a level of difference there, and Big I time. think when, with Windows and what we see, I'm, I'm excited to see the different flavors that we're going to see with this, because Macs are typically, you know, there's like the Air, there's the Pro, right? There's not really a lot of fluctuation into different OEMs making different versions of this PC. When it goes on Windows, it's similar to what we have it on Android. We have a lot more competition. We have a lot more hands in the cookie jar. And I think that's the big thing for me that I'm really excited to see. How do we get productivity, uh, you know, touted? And not only that, demonstrated the power efficiencies, the benefit that you're able to get, especially with the ultra-thin laptops, because you're going to definitely get some Air lookalikes. Yeah. But as you said, comparing it to, to Intel and and probably Ryzen at some point, I'm pretty sure they're going to start you know, knocking on the door. It yeah. is going to be a much, it's a, it's a big shift in the future. Obviously, we want to see what Intel and Ryzen start going towards. And I feel like well, it's a and there, good... There are rumors that, that AMD is seriously investigating the roadmap for also coming up with some kind of custom core configuration arm style. I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, I, I think it, it behooves them to, to start looking into that. I, sure. I really feel like, you know, my, my ire with Intel was uh, there was the old company X-Scale that okay. were, were making those amazing Windows mobile CPUs way back in the day. Mm-hmm. So we're talking like IPAX and mm-hmm. Palm Trail era of, of computing. But Intel bought out X-Scale. And they're like, oh, we just don't see a market for these mobile devices. Ah. And then smartphones became a thing. And you're like, you you threw, uh, away, uh, you threw away what would have been way. like a five-year lead in this type of chip fabrication. And again, it's like I, I see all of these corporations making these quarterly-to-quarterly quarterly decisions, mm-hmm. kind of like Microsoft cutting the Surface team. You're making I, a decision based on the financials of a half year of down sales but you're cutting off the division from growing when PC sales start to climb again. So you won't be building and innovating and developing the solutions that people will want to buy in a couple years. So it's to me, it's, it's, it's just killing me. But we should probably use that to transition. Um, yeah. we, we do know that this is going to be built on the 4 nanometer process, just yes. like... 
the Snapdragon 8 Gen 3. Yeah. And uh, TK, what are what are your feelings so far on the announcement that uh, we've seen from from this new phone chip? Dude, honestly, I'll, I'll... <laughs> okay. So this is. The announcement of the chip is exciting. The announcement, of the, the the architecture that we're seeing, the performance gain, um, the the better performance with power saving is always the claims that we see. But it always ends up mm-hmm. again being one of those things you have to kind of get in your hand and to prove it. Um, but the biggest thing I think for me with the HN3 announcement was the it's almost like the rally of OEMs there. There was a presence yeah. of three of our OE, of OEMs that we've worked with in the past and we've worked with. We had Oppo uh, um, at, at Summit. We had Xiaomi on stage at the Summit. We had Honor mm-hmm. on stage at the Summit. <laughs> I was like, seriously? <laughs> like, yeah. who was missing? <laughs> like, uh, it was I'm like sorry. a whole parade. Like, it was a parade of <laughs> OEMs. I kind of knew about a couple, and I found out lately, uh, later, like almost like before the event started with the, you know, Oppo. Oppo didn't go on stage, but Xiaomi, I feel like Xiaomi just achieved a, a record for some reason. I think Guinness needs to show up and say, Xiaomi, yeah. you win this record. From announcement to launch of a brand new, from an announcement of a new SOC, the HN3, to the launch of the HN3 in 48 hours. Like, they didn't even finish 48 hours. And the phone's nope. like, launched now. Hello! We have 14 and the 14 Pro at the end of 2023, the same year that the 13 and the 13 Pro and the 13T and all the, the 13 Ultra came out. So, like, to me, it's yeah, like... They are, they are, I, I think like Xiaomi especially smells blood in the water in a number of their markets against Samsung. Oh, yeah. And it's, for them, it's, it's, it's always been the race and they don't hold back. So they put out so many phones that oh, no, it really is yeah. just, yeah, just, just clock, clock secondhand tick after secondhand tick that, well, what's the newest, most latest, most up-to-date phone? It's, a, oh, it's a 13T. Okay, cool. Now I know what to buy. And this is perfectly in keeping with beating a major competitor to the punch. I am very anxious to see what Samsung's strategy is going to be as we start seeing I'm, their, their phone I, announcements. Because I, well, I think I'm they're imagining... locked into a more rigid schedule. Oh, no, no, absolutely. absolutely. And, but I think it's what's going to happen... It, it, it... So it, it behooves us to kind of just also kind of keep in mind is that the S23 FE just got announced or just launched, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it's, we've seen people talk about it in, in you know, rumors and so on, but the S23 FE is available for sale now. So Samsung is really slow playing the, uh, the, the launch of devices and so on. So I think if anything, it behooves them to keep it running at the same schedule that they do. They don't benefit from running it earlier. Launching an S23 Ultra, an S24 Ultra, or sorry, Ultra and, and the standard series in the mm-hmm. middle of Christmas is a tough sell. Because yeah. they, even though it is technically the buying season, it is not the not the time where people will venture into new tech to buy. They will buy things that are proven yeah. that no people would like. So I think we may see an S24 launch maybe January. I feel like maybe we will skip a little earlier i don't think it's going to jump into 2023 i think xiaomi and i think i think i saw somewhat of a roadmap xiaomi vivo oppo mm-hmm. um I, and i want to say but not necessarily their high end like the i think with vivo is the y100 or 1000 yeah yeah so i didn't although that's not the i mean that's not the x series right the y series is a different no. yeah yeah because i didn't see the series, x series yeah. i assume the x the x x1000 like no the x100, X-100. yeah the x100 yeah. sorry um well, and see, that's also what's kind of curious is Vivo um, did a lot of work this last year 
Where and making you? their phones just a little bit more modular. Mm -hmm. So when, when we talk about like the components that really make up um, an interesting Vivo photography solution, uh, like their co-processor was bolt-on. And they, mm -hmm. they were really proud of themselves that they had made it cross-platform. So they could have a MediaTek chip yep. or it could have a Qualcomm chip. And they mm -hmm. said, we've minimized the differences in how photos come out, even based on how MediaTek uses a different ISP than, than Qualcomm does. But, but in, in getting down to the, some of the nerdiness, the like nerdiness if we're thing. really digging into like core oh, sure. configurations and stuff like that, I, I do think that this is another interesting step for, for Qualcomm, but to me, I'm kind of feeling like they might be playing a little defense this generation. And I we think know they're not using the mm -hmm. the newest three nanometer mm -hmm. process from TSMC. No, they're I, still I at four nanometers. I, I feel like the three nanometer is not going to be till because we saw MediaTek also kind of make an announcement saying they're shifting to the three nanometer in 2024. Yeah. So I feel like yeah, HN4 in in whatever the next iteration on the, on the media second, the density. So I think like oh, mm -hmm. 9,400 um, if they continue with the naming structure. So yeah, yeah, no, no, definitely. They stuck to the same. You're right. But, but, but mm -hmm. always in, in, in sticking with four nanometers mm -hmm. and I'm looking mostly at CPU because I feel like everybody this year, I mean, into 2024, I feel like everybody's big claim is AI. So we're oh, going to put I was about to a say phenomenal AI. amount of exactly. energy and effort into making these MPUs and these machine learning components and stuff like that. On but device when, AI. Yeah. Sure. And and it's going to do generative. It's so much work and so much extra silicon to do like, look, I made this photo look funky. And you're like, cool. Man, that's a lot of processing power that that phone needed to do that. But awesome i know that's definitely going to be the thing we're always doing forever it's absolutely not a fad right now sure well, no, um did make a demonstration at MWC even in terms of AI. i know i'm i'm i know i know you're i know you're uh but you're, but but you're, what i'm saying is how much effort and how much energy it takes to do this stuff on device generative ai i have to question the usage of resources but what I'm what I'm trying to get to is uh, the CPU is a very unconventional arrangement. Oh, the arrangement where we've got yeah. one big, huge prime core, a Cortex mm -hmm. X4, but then we've got five performance cores and two power very efficiency efficient. cores. A very different and shift than what we saw last year. You're right. So, uh, the, to me, this is the acknowledgement from Qualcomm that this generation of fabrication mm -hmm. can be pushed a little bit more aggressively and that these medium cores, the five medium performance cores, not the really big X core, they have improved in their performance per watt enough that you don't need to have as many of these fallback, low power, just get basic tasks done kind of hardware background background low power screen off type of functionality well like and there are so many other little co-processors and co-pieces built into the soc now that manage radio performance and manage your display and the display is is kind of figuring stuff out from the camera hardware i mean so all of this stuff is kind of globally diversified mm 
-hmm. all of the pieces of your phone. Um, yeah. It's why we got so excited for Xiaomi and Vivo camera coprocessors is because that was also used to reduce power draw from your screen. You know, yeah. so, so those little things, like if you can offload work from the GPU, but run it through your camera hardware, you can save you know a little bit of power in doing that. But this is totally rumor. Mm -hmm. We don't know what it's gonna look like, but if MediaTek really is moving forward with the rumored configuration on the next Dimensity, oh, and yeah, that uh... is a three nanometer part, three nanometer part Mm -hmm. in the traditional CPU, GPU workloads, mm -hmm. that's where I feel Qualcomm might slide next year. Kind of in maybe the way that they did with the 8 Gen 1. It's, it's gonna Gen be 1? a yeah. really interesting fight if those Dimensity rumors turn out to be true. So we're, we're not too far from Dimensity's announcement either way. I mean, it, it usually is right around Thanksgiving, and I think that's roughly sure. where we're, I think, MediaTek's staying this year. What I, what I, my main concern and in, in where, where we are with the, with, the, with the, so the configuration is one part of the equation, right? It's, it's mm -hmm. the implementation, it's the software support, it's the adoption also by companies and OEMs. In 2023, we saw a much bigger adoption of MediaTek Dimensity chipsets. We saw a much bigger presence in Dimensity chipsets in the mid-range yeah. area. Mid-range area, uh, even up to the 8000 series, I feel like MediaTek mm -hmm. has basically just flourished into that. And it's purely, oh, yeah. I'll be honest, purely because of the lack of presence from Qualcomm. Qualcomm hasn't really done much in the mid-range area. I mean, we're going to talk about this in a little bit, but, you know, Moto is releasing a 7 Gen 1. Although it sounds yeah. like it's been a long time for the 7 Gen 1, this was announced last year. This was actually yeah. no, two years ago. Sorry, my mistake. It was announced two years ago, but it was starting to make available last year. Um, so there's a big push into that configuration. I think MediaTek is growing, and I think Qualcomm may be concerned about that market share. I think that's why they're trying to play a little bit more defensive. They don't want to push the envelope too much and get a, an 888 and 8 Gen 1 again and lose market share where the other players are becoming stronger and stronger. It's better to play more of a conservative position. You know your 8 Gen, 8 Gen 2 is doing really well. It has been accepted and performed and proven that it does very nice. You need to yeah. efficient, you basically, for the lack of a better term, efficientize this word, uh, this processor as much as you can. <laughs> <laughs> Make it so efficient that it's hard to reach as opposed to try to keep pushing the speed limit because it's not always, again, we are so beyond speed at this point. Sure. We are beyond that's, the that's, that's my prediction for, uh, not my prediction. I shouldn't say I'm predicting anything. That's my most interesting thing to watch as we get closer to MediaTek's event. Yeah, oh, is... yeah, because Qualcomm leapfrogged MediaTek, right? It used to be MediaTek, yeah. and it went, it would be MediaTek, Qualcomm right after each other. And now it's like, Wah. so Qualcomm went out. We have the a little, a little like Apple trying to suck some air out of the sails there spooky, just a bit. Like, fast, oh, we don't know uh... what they're going to announce, but uh, here's our, our cool stuff. Check it out. Yeah, um, yeah. But but the, the rumor is yeah. that... And this is like, this doesn't exist until we see it in a product. So we need to take this with like a boulder of salt. But that with the three nanometer process, which is a 25% reduction over what the generation of fab that Qualcomm's going to be at, is that 
The multiplier MediaTek is going to be from, doing from these smaller numbers is much greater. We have to always appreciate when you're talking about reduction in diet. Oh, yeah. you're talking also talking about a massive reduction in size, efficiency. It, has it gets so much. Yeah, huge. So anyway, um, so the the rumor is is that MediaTek is going to be going with an eight core processor mm-hmm. with four X cores and four medium power cores and none of the 500 series <laughs> skip, efficiency cores skip those little inefficient monkeys uh, <laughs> so if there's a if there's a 25 percent reduction in gate size okay for those 700 series cores the medium cores that could make up some of those power disparities between four four nanometers and three nanometers where you wouldn't need the low power efficiency cores if that turns out to be true if the medium and media core, tech if the medium can kind of hang yeah with with a performance per watt i mean even just like a max wattage under 10 watts on mm-hmm. a phone because that's really where we started getting in trouble with the the hn1 is the yep. hn1 would like spike and if you were really using the cpu and gpu your phone was like nearing in on 10 watts yeah, and yeah. that's where phones get real toasty. You get, you get, you get <laughs> that's like and nuking the battery in, in the, at the same. That's time. like low grade laptop mi- moderate use. You know, like I mean, they, they made some claims. I mean, Qualcomm's <laughs> made some claims. Um, actually, was it Qualcomm or Media? Uh, sorry, or, or Xiaomi, where they made claims on Genshin Impact level gaming at forty two to forty three uh, Celsius maximum temperature. Yeah, like uh, which I mean, it's not like cool and everything but it's like 107 108 still cooler than what we've seen in the past with what used to be like you know close a to lot. Like very, yeah yeah um I, I think it's a big race between the two but it, it, it's still gonna have to come down to about companies and an adoption and um people using these type of socs like vivo last year globally mm-hmm. only only launched a mediatek version of their device the x90 pro where the qualcomm stayed in china um yeah you know I want to say OnePlus used uh, the Dimensity, was it the 8200 on their Nord? Um, I, I could be wrong about the SOC, but the Nord 3 also sure. uh, ran on a MediaTek. Like I said, the the the, the jury's out on, on the on the flagship processors because so few mm-hmm. are present and way more Qualcomm's are present on the market than we see on, on, on MediaTek. But where the headway is being done in the mid-rangers, that's what's going to open up the gate for, for MediaTek. So the exciting part for me would be to see them jump into the three nanometer and show us the, the efficiency performance that they're able to do where even their medium cores are more efficient and less power drawing than the efficiency yeah. cores of an of a four nanometer SOC. Like that's the level of leapfrogging that we want to be able to see so here, and, and benefit it, from that. But yeah. I was going to say here in the United States, we probably won't see as much of that competition really play out because mm-hmm. we also have to factor in radios. JGJ bring, you know, nails it. You know, only reasons MediaTek isn't prominent in the U.S. Software update support and cellular modem U.S. compatibility. So once you start factoring all the carriers and stuff, I, like Xiaomi, I think was a great example. The Xiaomi 13 had better support for North American carriers and 5G services than the 13T did for North mm-hmm. Americans. We lost out on a couple bands that would have helped. So that's probably going to be one area where, sure, we, we might not see a Dimensity 9300 in any practical form in a premium tier smartphone, but I think this is going to be yet another step for things like um, tablets, where the True. OnePlus oh, running a Dimensity 9000 in mm-hmm. a tablet 
meant that we could almost bridge an entire generation of performance. There were tasks on that OnePlus tablet mm -hmm. that matched Dimensity 9200s because you had a bigger battery, you had more surface area to expel heat. To expel you got heat. a you, you got almost a generational upgrade. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. So if if we start looking at like some of these other players like Lenovo, they've been doing really interesting things with those Companio mm -hmm. processors. And even if it's not called the Dimensity 9300, a very similar configuration of that hardware ends up making it into the Companio line. Yep. And suddenly we've got a Lenovo tablet that's nearing in on last generation Core i5 performance. So that to me is where this race gets interesting for North America. Unfortunately, like we probably won't get the direct direct head-to-head -head phone performance, but in Europe, this could be a really brutal fight. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't think uh, Samsung and Exynos are going to be chipping away at exactly that same kind of performance. Especially, I think Samsung's still probably going to be. Yeah, if the rumors are are true that they're that we are going to get the Qualcomm uh, flavor of the of the game, you know, US and Korea. And they're going yeah. back to the Exynos uh, approach, which, man, I mean, like, like they jump on a year and they're like, so did you not see the benefit? <laughs> like, like, did you not yeah, see that people were happy? But cons considering that Samsung is like the bedrock of the entire South Korean economy, they can't not make chips in their chip fab. So you gotta. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, no, no. I, I, but don't but I think. Wrong. I'm with you on that. Yeah. But but there was a time where Exynos chips used to be decent cost cost efficient options for Better other brands. There were other companies that were using Exynos and oh. they were getting those chips from Samsung. We've okay. seen like mid-rangers and entry level phones from other brands okay. use use Exynos chips in the past, but I think MediaTek has eaten their lunch on that right now. Oh, absolutely. Um, especially yeah. with the 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 more recent um they have the like production line gears, they have the resources really they have the relationships they have everything i mean it's the, mediatek as a company uh, we're talking about them as a, as a as a manufacturing a processor you know soc manufacturer mm -hmm. but the reality that's such a small part of what they do it, it is realistically a bigger much bigger um ecosystem of of uh of integrations and relationships that uh, MediaTek. Well, uh, I mean, it isn't, it isn't. I mean, you, at, you, so Samsung is a little conglomerate of all mm -hmm. of these other manufacturing entities, no, but Samsung Silicon, they're going to be putting, what, something like two to $4 billion a year? No, I have that wrong. Am I off by a factor of 10? Samsung in, is it they were going to put $200 billion in over 10 years? I mean, we're talking like their, chip their, fab is going to be really expensive. Samsung 200 bill. Let me just do that billion <laughs> South Korea. I might have that wrong. Um, yes, $230 billion over the next 10 years. Okay. So the, 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 the semiconductor industry, the chip fab, this is... Well, I mean, chips are in everything, is, though, now. Every, everything you're buying, your cars, I have more chips than, than, than before. 90% of the reason why we ran into a chip shortage was because there were so many things that needed them. I mean, the, the reality is, yeah, more things in our cars are are chip-reliant. And if a thing, if a chip fails, it's a it's a part change sure. and it's a hardware. So it's it, for sure. I, I'm not arguing that conversation. What I was primarily mentioning with, with MediaTek is 
like they've worked with uh, with with the TCL, they've worked with TV manufacturers, they've worked with mm-hmm. Amazon. They're in the conversations with many companies. Samsung obviously still dominates the display market. A lot of companies still use Samsung panels. It's it's not a question about who makes what part. It's more about why is it that MediaTek is able to do better in the mid range or in the budget side? Is because they've been doing it for so long. They've made they've made devices with the Helio chipsets. They've made it before yeah. before even having the uh, the dimensity. My concern, I guess, would be at this point is Qualcomm is out the gate. So Qualcomm made the announcement. They posted their their flyer and they're saying, "Look, this is what we're going to do." Xiaomi jumped on, and Xiaomi obviously is signing on. But we also know that Xiaomi will work with MediaTek. We also know Vivo works with MediaTek. All the other companies that have worked with with Qualcomm will feature mm-hmm. a version of their devices with a MediaTek chipset. May not be their flagship. May not be the best of the best that they're offering. Uh, but I'm hoping that that conversation changes. I'm hoping that does change as we see more performance improvements with the 9300. Hopefully, I'm assuming the 9300 mm-hmm. is the next, or the 9400, which is when MediaTek is uh, is uh, and it would announce that they're jumping into three nanometer. So it's 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 slowly changing. The tide is changing, but it's a slow change. We saw more this year. I want to see even more next year, and I think that's the biggest excitement. I'm hoping when we do get a chance to go meet with MediaTek and talk to them. Uh, as, I don't know if you guys know, but Juan and I last year had a really good opportunity to be able to go up and talk to MediaTek during their summit. We learned a lot yeah. about their technologies. So if we have the opportunity to do it again this year, I would love to be able to see how their roadmap is going. And are they going to start venturing into wearables? I want to see them in more non-traditional you know, compute pieces of hardware. Not saying this is yeah. MediaTek. I want to see them in wearables. I want to see them in watches. I want to see them in glasses. I want to see them you know, leveraging some of their... So- uh, yeah, that seems to, that seems to be their weak spot right now. Is uh, Qualcomm has been making incredible progress with things like uh, like audio products. W seven man, that, that that is crazy stuff right there. It's yeah. it's kind yeah, of it's intense, like, <laughs> and and especially once you're starting to look at this like uh, Qualcomm Snapdragon seamless experience. Um, MediaTek's efforts haven't been like. I mean, they're making efforts and they're making inroads, but those are the kinds of products where I feel MediaTek doesn't have the same kind of relationship with vendors, with manufacturers, Mm -hmm. or with customers. Mm -hmm. So if you care about premium audio in your wireless earbuds, you're familiarizing yourself with letters like LDAC and APTX. And you might not know that MediaTek has made some solutions and some really interesting, like those JBLs are great. Yes, I I love those those JBLs with my Steam Deck. Um, But it's not the same kind of relationship with the brand that you would have with with Snapdragon. So knowing that they've got their their war chest built on entry level and mid ranger phones where they're outselling Qualcomm and that they're in so many other products like tvs Mm -hmm. that's where this fight sort of spreads and gets interesting mediatek's radios and modems are really good i think qualcomm's are still probably pulling ahead in a lot of markets but you start looking at like tv broadcast and entertainment equipment and that's mediatek all over the place so it it, it, it's like they're finding creative ways to sort of step on each other's turf (laughs) it's like fun little ways they can say like uh but you've got a little gap in your market right there and i'll take it (laughs) no no hey hey the whole mid-ranger experience and uh blooming of the dimensity chipset and the the 1000 the 1200 and 1300 yeah and 1200 yeah it's absolutely a uh a gap that that happened where Qualcomm wasn't focusing on mid-range. They focused a lot on the mm-hmm. on their higher end. Um, and even their 7 Plus Gen 2 
performs more like a flagship processor than it even performs yeah. as a mid-ranger. So, no, I totally am with you. And I think there is a, again, yeah, you, you snooze, you lose in this game because people are literally gunning for each other's as you as you had as you were nicely saying uh, you know like a nice little opening there where it's like hey there's an opportunity bam somebody took it it's like a you know an open table reservations will take uh, we'll have to For see how sure. that goes um so obviously we talked a lot about the g3 uh, the 87 uh, sorry the uh, eight the sorry the, the snapdragon snapdragon agent 3, HN3. 3 <laughs> the elite x uh, architecture the w7 uh, you know wireless audio solutions as mm. well um on-device AI is going to be the biggest thing kind of showcasing. And I think I saw some some of our friends that are starting to showcase the demos that they're showing there. I always love, and my final thought on this entire thing is this. Qualcomm is showcasing the plethora of functions and things that they're able to do with their eight, with their series for 2024. This is their roadmap for mm-hmm. 2024. But the reality sure. at the end of the day, when you're looking at this entire roadmap, is this is not really our roadmap. This is the roadmap for OEMs. This is the roadmap for yeah. manufacturers. They get to go in and say, hey, um, I would like to have this, 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 not that, but this and this. So it's going to come down to that kind of a recipe building of what they pick and yeah. choose and how they put it and how that ends up basically translating to us um, as a device in our hands. So like the Xiaomi 14, we're talking obviously about a new mm-hmm. a new. Um, you know, new Xiaomi's uh, skin running on there. I think it's Hyperion. Uh, Hyper. Uh, oh Hyper OS. Hyper. I want to say Is it's it Hyper. Hyper? O- yeah, Hyper OS on. on Someone's going to correct uh, us Xiaomi. in the comments. Oh, absolutely. They're going to because they're they're, they're 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 walking away from the MIUI branding and they're now going, yeah. They're going it's, with it's, this AI IoT. That that's what I thought was interesting. Is they weren't just saying AI operating system. It was it's an IoT to really tied together all of their other product lines because we forget here in the united states how much stuff xiaomi makes makes. well i mean it's a little bit also if you think about it it's kind of like how um uh, what's it called huawei was doing with harmony right their harmony os wasn't just for a smartphone it's harmony os for all of the stuff so the approach that we're looking at obviously we're going to see more as time goes on but Mm -hmm. it, it is going to come down to the oems and how they 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 make this happen um, Honor has made some claims and has made some announcements saying that basically they're trying to leverage the AI functionalities heavily. Sure. Um, Xiaomi obviously launched their device. Uh, Oppo went the, the route of, you know, stay tuned. We are we, we have some cool stuff coming up. So obviously we'll see, we'll hear more from them. I didn't hear anything from OnePlus, so I'm not sure if there was any information. But there were rumors obviously that the OnePlus 12, 12. Was, will be yeah. launching in China later this year. So if that's mm-hmm. true, more than likely that'll have the Agent 3. So long story is be patient and you know we'll have more I'll, at least I'll, we'll be able to talk more you, you, you want to hear hard. why i'm also a little anxious if if qualcomm is making this kind of noise on ai oh why i feel like this is going to be a defense year for qualcomm so according to qualcomm's own white paper here yeah on snapdragon hn3 they have so many different AI parameters by how they're trying to grade performance. And I still haven't found, if anyone in the chat has a good real world application that can be timed or measured in some way, I'm very not impressed using synthetic benchmarks to talk about (laughs) AI compute units. But right now, all I have that I can run as a consistent test to show some numbers um, are synthetic benchmarks. So... According to Qualcomm, we are looking at up to 98% faster NPU performance 
and uh, and they say and up to a forty percent performance per watt improvement. So it's okay. twice as fast, and it's oh, using so it's less fast. power per comparable performance. More for less. Yep. So with some of the measurements that we have access to in our synthetic benchmarking um, apps, in our in our benchmark tests, something like a Tensor three can sometimes outperform an 8 Gen 2 by a factor of 3 to 1. Mm-hmm. So yeah, if Qualcomm doubles their NPU performance, Tensor 3 still might be slapping it around with these generative AI and these AI tasks, assistant integration, and what we're leaning on for, for Android. Mm-hmm. So they're going to be facing the most competition they've ever seen from MediaTek. We know MediaTek's going to come out swinging. They're not getting the advantage of a new processor uh, die shrink, mm-hmm. the, a new fabrication technology. And even with some of their claims, because again, we have no idea how this stuff is going to perform until it's actually in a product. Oh, but again, their yeah, how own it's claims, covering, how it's managed, how it's running, all of that conversation. But their own claims yeah. here still would lend some credence to the claims being made by Google that the direction Google wants to go, they needed to roll their own chip. And Google isn't trying to win the CPU GPU race. They're definitely not trying to win that for Tensor 3. But Tensor 3 might be doing some stuff with those Googly bits on those machine learning uh, parts and pieces. Mm-hmm. That could be really interesting. So when people sit back and say, like, oh, well, I tried to do this thing on the Pixel 8 Pro and it took a little while to do the generative AI thing, and you're like, yeah, it's probably the fastest solution capable of doing that right now and it doesn't look like the competition is going to outpace them next year google has has been making these neural core and these uh these isp components they're pretty brutal at that they know how to manipulate a lot of data like that so it's again it's going to be picking and choosing our battles but right now i'm waiting to see qualcomm is good at this Mm -hmm. i was expecting Qualcomm to be facing a lot more scrutiny with the 9200 versus the 8 Gen 2. The mm-hmm. 8 Gen 2 turned out to be a brilliant chip that I feel saved premium Android this last year. Absolutely. But it's, this it's next year, in, wanting, yeah. and, unless we see something where Qualcomm's really getting out there and working with their partners and bringing these experiences to consumers, like a lot of this stuff is a win is going to be found on another competing platform or it's comparable performance, but they can drop the price. This is what gets really exciting about this is seeing that competition the competition is great but i'm very anxious for qualcomm's sort of planned solution here it could be it could be a really tough year for them in 2024 and and the the biggest thing i'll probably end up saying also as a as a last thought kind of on my side as well is all that generative ai that we're talking about and oh wow okay no i thought i just tipped my phone um how likely is it that we're going to be running you know, trying to go take a picture, you know, like you're in, you're in IRL, you're there, you're taking the picture, you're taking this amazing, mm-hmm. beautiful picture. But the first thing your thought process goes through is like, Hey, let me fill it in with Let me make it better yeah. by using it as opposed to just taking a bigger ultra wide. See, you know, that point right there is why I was making that point. We're putting so much effort and so much energy and so in, many in, resources into, that, yeah, into making it, ML hardware. And I still don't see the real consumer killer apps that well, make someone think 
I need the AI phone that's going to do the AI stuff. And and what's going to happen is it's... It, it, with with both companies, sorry, with between Xiaomi and, and Honor, at least from the announcements that they've talked about, only mm -hmm. Honor talked about talking about uh, you know trying to get generative AI built into it. Xiaomi didn't mention it. It's not yeah. built into hyper. I mean, Xiaomi's more efficient, more. My, what Xiaomi wants is a more efficient processor that draws less power because the one thing that surprised me with the Xiaomi 14 Pro is that it ran at a 4800, 4880 milliampere battery. It doesn't have a 5000 milliampere battery. Sure. So there's there's still changes anyway. Obviously, all of this will end up being proven by when we when devices are launched and available. But it is absolutely exciting to see that this is the roadmap. And I'm just hoping to see that you know companies do the same thing they did in 2023, and that they leverage uh, all the investments that they've done and just keep the experience improvement yeah. going on. And I th that's what I want. I just want it to be either consistent or slightly improved. But let's not try to do 888, 8 Gen 1 conversation and have to lose three years before we get some uh, two years yeah. before we get to a good solution like the 8 Gen 2 or the 8 Plus Gen 1. But that was kind of like a short lived. I mean, we didn't even have an 8 Plus <laughs> Gen 2 this year. Nope. This is the time typically there that we really, hear about they, There they really wasn't, yeah, there really yeah. wasn't a need to. And I feel like I you were mentioning with some of the 7 series, Yeah, I feel like some one of the reasons why we lost so much ground, Qualcomm, I'm saying we, like I'm Qualcomm. <laughs> Qualcomm lost ground on the 7 series and it was a huge opening for MediaTek was because that was also part of their transition, mm -hmm. moving chip fab away from Samsung and back to TSMC. And yeah. so when you get to that 7 plus Gen 2, that is actually a surprisingly expensive chip to make for it being labeled a seven series. A seven series, yeah, exactly. Getting back on TSMC's fab, yeah, and it's an incredible performer. I still get comments almost daily on mm -hmm. my Poco video, just like people are buying that thing, and the performance off that chip is remarkable. It is Flash, a fantastic, it, it absolutely a, one of the best seven chip. series that I've ever seen. And again, when you yeah. compare it to the seven gen one, they're not even, I mean, they're very, very different, very, very, different. very <laughs> like seriously, like one truly performs like a mid ranger and the other, but, one but like flipping those chips, I think was an additional expense and was a burden for Qualcomm managing well, that transition, seen, which is why saw, I don't think we're seeing them in as many phones. They're expensive. I, I haven't seen the seven gen two in any other than the, than the F five. I, I haven't seen it. Nope. Se I've seen more seven gen one now, especially like I said, with yep. the, uh, with the razor 2023 in 2023, at the end of the year, we're seeing yeah. the seven gen one being reused as a mid range processor because yeah, from a power consumption and probably price, as you said, mm -hmm. it is, it probably a but lot more expensive. Yeah, Let, let's switch that over because obviously you've got a seven gen one yeah. um, that is not functionally able to run any current software. It's already oh. out of date. There's a seven plus gen two. It barely, um, boots, it barely boots. Yeah. I mean, it's just really kind of an embarrassment and it's a completely impractical and unusable device now because we can I only think in terms of like, like half fiscal year. Right? I think it's more about capabilities for me and, and more about what you're looking to get out of your device. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I said that in the video that I put out because I wanted people to keep it's, it's almost like set your expectation to the right level of where you're looking and you will not be disappointed. Set I'm obviously being and you're facetious. Setting. Oh, no, no, absolutely. I, I, am falling into I actually that. really liked that the original Moto Razor was on that 765 because the 765 was it the was right chip. Well, that's what the 7 Gen put... 1 is pretty much. It's like the next step behind no, that. Yeah. that. That's what I mean is it's yeah. the right chip for a communicator phone that has a smaller battery. Mm -hmm. You don't exactly. want 
a turbocharged V8 in a car with a five gallon gas tank. Hey man, you know, I'm like, be able to empty out my tank in 2.5 seconds. Right, not in one quarter years. mile. In one quarter mile. <laughs> not, not reach 60 miles in a quarter mile. No, come on, man. Let's be honest with each other. We all have different aspirations as to what we want our cars yeah. to do. I want but, but, to die in a quarter mile. But me, me being silly notwithstanding, I mean, this is the foldable. This is the yeah. flippable. You have been talking every single time we have mentioned flip series phones. You're like, yeah, but Motorola is going to be coming out with this more affordable flip. And so He's, now we got to know, like, what do you what do you think? So I'll say this. Um, make sure to check out the video. Obviously, there's a lot more conversation. For sure. The, the general idea of what this device is. To me, this is the aperitif of foldables. And this is the the entryway to try something <laughs> that is different than what you're used to. We are very much comfortable and very much aware of this form factor. Moto is trying to show us even a form factor that works as a watch where you're able to put it on and bends a whole mm-hmm. bunch of But the reality of the matter is this device does very much built around that 7 Gen 1. The capabilities that we get there, the camera experience that we get there is very much put around there. But they kept some of the most important pieces that I liked about the the, the big guy. I'll call the Razor Plus is the big boy. So they kept the 144 refresh rate on the on the internal display. They kept the stereo speakers, which is basically Moto's um, uh, commitment to their consumers is all of their devices they're going to be launching, be it flagship, mid, uh, you know, mid-tier or whatever, they're all going to carry stereo speakers because that was something they heard back from their users. Everybody loves stereo when you're watching content. The device runs very nice. Eight gigs of RAM. Mm-hmm. I think I learned my lesson with the with the, the Razer Plus. Eight gigs of RAM can play a good experience on Moto as long as you're not running a custom launcher. And I feel like this is going to be... We're going to have a lot more conversation as time goes on how custom launchers and, and what they do on devices. Um, but daily activity, UI, everything, 7 Gen 1 can handle everything that you want. There's no question. 8 gigs of RAM, the lightness of the Moto UI on top of Android 13 is very much, very minimal. And you definitely don't need more than 8 gigs. You're fine. The camera mm-hmm. experience, I'll say it's 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 um it's an okay camera experience. Um, mm-hmm. Not, not going to blow anything out of the water. And I think that's what I said that in the video. So set your expectation to a mid-range device it's 600 bucks and i know it's not like the 400 where we typically say four to 500 but you have to remember this is a hinge it's the cheapest phone with a hinge it's the cheapest phones you can get on a hinge and i know techno technically announced a a, a version of their device but we'll never see that here in the yeah US, you know what i mean like it seemed it, like the distribution on that was also going to be pretty limited too oh so. no no absolutely techno and, and infinix um as companies have very much i guess i should say market. it's the cheapest phone we can get with a hint that's what and by and we that's i how mean I, north americans i, I, uh, that's I fair. very much well yeah but keep in mind this was that would that would stand up in a court of law i've been watching suits so i know all about courtroom <laughs> drama I, it, no. it, it is a fun phone to have if you like flip phones, <laughs> if you want to be able to get your hands on something that is that has a lot of the features and the functionalities that you want. And what I really was excited about this, dude, this $600, which, by the way, originally was supposed to be seven six ninety nine, which was the retail price. In pre-order mm-hmm. time, they had it listed at five ninety nine as a pre-order price. But then when it mm-hmm. went to retail, it stuck to the five ninety nine. It, it would never did. really went back. Yeah, because guess what? The Razer Plus is seven ninety nine. Yeah. It, it's the, the 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 plus dropped in price, and this one is in there. But I guess what I'm trying to say is it also supports Ready4, which to me is a big win. It's wireless, not wired. 
And I put that in as a little clip. I was, uh, when I was shooting my B-roll, you were doing your SGTQA, I think one, one Monday. So I, sure. I posted you straight on my monitor here on my TV and I showed the clip in there. So you have a little nice. bit of a cameo without knowing that you were in there Yay. in the video. Exactly. Being on your, you know, on the, on the Monday morning, uh, SGTQA more. So the long story I would probably say is, uh, it's worth it. If you're, if you want to get something that's a little bit more on budget and you want to try it out, I feel like the, the, the razor plus the razor 2023 is a good entry. Um, just don't expect the camera performance of what you would expect. Maybe let's say even with the Razer Plus. Although I so still you... feel like Moto needs a, needs some improvements on their camera processing. They're able to get high megapixel cameras, and we get 4K 30 all across. Yeah, but is that that the, yeah the processing I, needs a little bit more love. It definitely feels like one of the areas where I feel Moto will probably always be a generation out of step because mm-hmm. their cameras aren't bad. No, they no, genuinely I took it with are me not to, bad. To Singapore, when I was there for Oppo, and it did some, it did decent in certain experiences, and as long as it's well. But you've uh, also got to kind of manage the experience a little bit more, and I feel what makes a more current premium tier phone a more interesting or compelling camera for this sort of broad consumer base that we try to review things under are the ways that a camera can hold your hand, and yeah. Motos can be a little stark in that regard, yeah. but. I mean, even from my Edge Plus last year, mm-hmm. it was not difficult arriving at what I felt were completely competitive shots against like a Galaxy Plus. Yeah. Um, but you've got this fun purple phone. It folds in half. Have you, you've been using it out and about? Yeah, like, no, I travel with it too. Yeah. Has, has there been has there been any of that experience where you know? someone kind of is checking it out or someone asks you about it or like the clamshell style. I think not as much. I, it's kind of weird. I got more people asking me about this guy because it yeah. looks a little bit more stark. I've had a few like, hey, yeah, what's that? like I'm on, I'm on the plane <laughs> and I'm like walking around like, what is that? Um, I think overall the, the biggest stark <laughs> trying to, I'm not trying to take the limelight away. Um, there's a lot more game in the flip phone in the clamshell style because there's obviously two different foldables there's the clamshell mm-hmm. and then there's the tablet style or the more the bigger version sure and um i got more looks on the oppo finance 3 flip than i did on than the moto okay and i think primarily because the design is very familiar this is yeah. a classic z flip um z flip one no z flip two and three um, style no, even yeah even z flip 4 before we went to the big display mm-hmm. I think for the before most part, they went bigger yeah yeah so it's very a very familiar experience where i think where samsung was more of like the design that the camera stack was slightly sideways but the long story is it's not unfamiliar it's very familiar and i think that's going to also appeal to why people may, may decide to pick it up they may see the form mm-hmm. factor they may like it it is sturdy the hinge is definitely very sturdy um i feel like the eight the n3 flip with that camera stack on the back with the larger, you know, phone, sl- smaller phone display on the outside strikes a little bit more of the, Ooh, what is that kind of a thing? Yeah. Um, and this one just, you don't walk in. around, just be like, hold on, let me answer my telephono. Hello. Yeah. I don't answer. Calls. You like with, I, I, with like all of your arms, like, no, you need like to do big this. arm action. Hello. Hey, wait, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to hit you there, but you know, you know how it is. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, no. Like, uh, it's, it's one of the, well, and, and they still, one of, one, of, one of the things I really like about them is they still do, uh, hold on, let's see, can we get it to focus? Come yep. on. Come on. Oh, it's not, not going to focus, but I know what you're trying to show yeah. us because it's right that there, awesome yeah. moto, moto it's, dialer. It's the, it's the retro razor on, yeah. because 
Come on, for the lo- okay, forget about it. Okay, Sony doesn't want to do it. Jeez, I'm not Sony. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just help yeah. a bro out. Help focus on some focus on the important stuff, man. It's right <laughs> there. Um, so full, yeah, full, I, I full video. Yeah, and, full and uh, I know this one was one that you were you were anticipating. You were waiting on for a while. I, I mean, without completely spoiling your video. Do uh, I, I guess like the question I would have is knowing that there's going to be a bit of a premium on a mid-ranger phone experience by having a hinge, but we're not too far outside the realm. This isn't like the original Moto Razr where it was like a $1,300 phone for a mid-ranger SOC. For a mid-ranger SOC, exactly, yeah. I feel like this reinforces those conversations we were having in like the second generation of Z Flips. Yeah. That this is more familiar, people understand flip phones yeah, especially yeah. people our age understand the nostalgia of flip phones but, but then it when work, you open it, it to its benefit that familiar familiar yeah. look that it has although maybe people think well like, how come you didn't go with a big display it's because that's what people's familiar with for the last three yeah. years samsung's been hammering this to everybody so now moto is in the game with it so it's not going to yeah. look too far off i'm with you yeah so um from one phone that that kind of hits that flip design i think we need to follow up i that's kind of the perfect place to sort of segue and transition. You're gonna flip. I've had so many people yeah. reacting to the OnePlus Open. Dude, it's that, that, another like, phone that seems that that takes people by surprise. It does. So it you does. you hold it up and you're just like it's like any other regular phone. But people will say like, hey, what's going on with those cameras? And again, I'm I'm out at the park and I'm talking to one of the moms. We have a little soccer club that meets after school, and yeah. I'm pulling stuff up and I go, hold on, let me just do this and. You know, I'm not really thinking about doing that anymore. And she had to stop everything and really, to figure wait. out why my phone tablet thing just unfolded itself. And she'd never encountered that face-to-face. Yep. And she spent a good 10 minutes of this, like, soccer class just doing this. <laughs> like, over and over and over again. There's that satisfying thing thinness to it there's also that satisfying it's, it's kind of yeah. a weird thing some people like talk about it but the fact that it does that little clap that little book clap mm-hmm. that is that is uh that is um what's it called microsoft duo <laughs> slamming style for me every time i get that snap i i, I'm, I right. remember the duo um there's there's a satisfying feel to it um the biggest thing obviously that we're, we're trying to lead to obviously is it's available now the open no pun intended is on open sale um, <laughs> the, the OP, the, the OnePlus Open is finally available for people to pick up. Uh, there is mm-hmm. uh, a slew of, of accessories that's also coming out later on. But the big thing for us also is that we finally got that massive update that we've been wanting, which is the day one update launch that, yep. for the lack of a better term, uh, better term is essentially just turns everything to what it's supposed to be. This is mm-hmm. the version of the phone that OnePlus is selling. What we've had prior to it this has been a software um, pre-release yeah. pre-release version of software and not everything is like you know google pay wasn't working for for, for an event for a specific but it's some, more some of that a, application layer for yeah. split screening and multitasking wasn't exactly. working some of the rotation issues there yeah. definitely were some camera gremlins i mean like there was a lot there was yeah. a lot yeah. that kind of chipped away at the the daily usability and i really feel even for the people that are still kind of glowing about the hardware I feel it is always irresponsible yep. to review a OnePlus 
in that initial embargo push. I I don't, I don't care that a few people like it better. Now, Mm -hmm. you know, this every single year, if you get early access to a brand, if it's Samsung, if it's OnePlus, if it's Xiaomi, if it's Mm -hmm. another Oppo, you are not getting the experience that consumers will have. And I'm really tired of this response because I've gotten it a lot on Twitter today. Oh, well, OnePlus should not have sent it out in a state that it wasn't ready for reviewers to use it. And you're like, that is not the energy we're going after Samsung. Are you telling me that we should not be... Yeah, getting early access to playing with early access on Samsung devices because we seem to give Samsung the special consideration that well they're going to put out a bunch of updates and if there's anything that's a little clumsy now it's going to get polished up like OnePlus has been doing the same in fact there are often times where OnePlus is ahead of the curve on a lot of these software patches and updates than Samsung is Mm -hmm. so I just want to point that out kind of doesn't matter if more people are liking it or if some people are saying that it's a better foldable than the Z Fold because that's debatable. That's a personal preference. It's a preference. What I'm saying is we don't act like the first days after an embargo lifts, like that's the end of the conversation and the conclusion. Absolutely not. Yeah, no, no, for sure. Of an iPhone or a Galaxy. And I think it's irresponsible to say something's a review when you're talking about it in a form that no consumer will ever experience. No consumer is going to use the OnePlus Open in a state similar to how we reviewers were using it during this embargo window. So that's that's just my little soapbox. I I don't need to hang on that because the rest of this has been really flipping fun. Yeah, no, no. It's one of those experiences that I think we need to... Taper. Yeah. I mean, that was one of the reasons why I didn't push a video review uh, of day one when the embargo. We haven't called it. We neither of us have put out a review yet. Well, no, (laughs) that's the thing. A review of a phone. There is a there is a thing to be said about unboxing and uh, and and basically just getting um, what is it called? Getting different experiences with the device based on what we have on the software. But, But I feel like both of us actually acknowledge that it's way more fun to just kind of ride the ride the way that it's supposed to be. Yeah. Experience is like, these are our early impressions. These are our first impressions. These are some early comparisons. This is like, I did a video against the Duo too. Like that's so relevant right now, but I felt like, hey, we can talk about software and things that we can learn from other platforms. So so TK and I are gonna be collabing because that's what the hip YouTubers are doing. They do the collabs. Yeah, Um, totally. we're going to be oh, bringing surreal. in more directly conversations against the uh, the Pixel Fold and the Galaxy Z Fold. We're going to have content going cross channel. So I'll be showing up on TK's channel. He's going to be showing up. Kind of like how we did the uh, the Rokid and the uh, the X Real. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just trading parts of the conversation, and that way we're we're sort of spreading the love there a little bit. But this one really seems to be picking up consumer interest in places where I would not have expected it, mm-hmm. like. I put the thing, I put the phone in my mom's hands and she doesn't realize for a while that there's anything different about this phone. Yeah. The external display experience. It just feels like a regular phone. The the, the thinness of the phone. Like I handed my phone today to my boss during a day I was at the office and I was testing out one of my glasses. I'm just trying to just use, I I love the fact that it has video out. Let's just say that much. Although nobody, nobody mentions it because apparently it's not a feature. 
Um, and I handed him the phone and he had no idea that I handed him a foldable. Like he didn't say like, wait, what Mm-mm. kind of phone is this? Nope. He held it. He used, he turned it around, looked at it and, and basically it's kind never, of a stealth it, experience. It has, well, yeah. But that's, that's look, I'm, I'm going to be the first person to say that I love our PR friends and I love how they get very excited about the hardware that they're launching and typically they will hype it up. And I feel like sometimes it's overhyped. But the excitement level that I got from our friend over at, at, at OnePlus early in the year, I'm talking back in yeah. March when they first hinted Started at it. teasing, yeah. And he was like, dude, you're going to love it. And I'm like, no, I'm with <laughs> you. I'm very excited. I'm, I just want to see. But I'm, I, I, I got back this to has him been, a years ago. And I'm like, dude. We're, we're, right. we're going to give you some BTS here. Because yeah, like, yeah. often we're airing our dirty laundry and we're using this as therapy. Um, for the last two-ish years... I feel like OnePlus PR for North Americans, the, the, the arm of OnePlus that talks to, to, to folks like TK and I, mm-hmm. they have not been lit up about their own products. The OnePlus 10 Pro had a very awkward launch in North America. Mm-hmm. It was a very soft launch. We were only going to get the 128. Okay, I guess we can do a 256. It really felt like there wasn't a cohesive vision in this transition of what yeah. OnePlus was going to be to carriers and what OnePlus was going to sell directly. And it was really, really confusing. I have to admit to being a little disappointed that the OnePlus 11 is a very good phone, but it's not the pro that I would have wanted as a follow-up to the OnePlus 9. The OnePlus yes. 9, I still think, is peak OnePlus. That is still one of my all-time favorite OnePlus phones. It was the, it for was just the, how... the build-up that they were going with. Yeah, exactly. For sure. I feel like the launch of the OnePlus 11, the PR teams were also similarly like, we think this is going to be a good phone. We think people are going to like it. We've made, you know, some targeted compromises, very measured. Yeah, it is still a good, good, solid phone. It's still a good phone. But you, you kind of talk about it in that tone, like, oh, oh, it's still going to be a good phone. It's going to be a good, it's a good phone. It's a good phone. It's, it's fine. It's fine. It's telling when PR is, is like setting their expectations for you even higher in that pre-conversation where our communications with OnePlus PR were like, you're going to like this. Yeah. But this, this yeah, is going to be like, exciting. Like that. This, like look. they were getting kind of giddy about it. Yeah. Like almost like, I wish you knew what I know kind of thing. Like, and I'm like, <laughs> and, 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 you know what I mean? Like, and, and you always want to set your, you always want to taper your excitement because it is truly till the it's point. It's their job I, to get people it, lit up yeah, about because, absolutely. stuff. No, no, no. I'm with you. But there was something different, though. Like, I, I swear to God, I think, like, the, the level of excitement he, he was exerting was at a different level. And yeah. it, it got me excited but concerned a little bit at the same time. I mean, obviously, Oppo mm-hmm. announced theirs as well. It, it, it was a – the long story is this. It is a highly anticipated, very well-received, and very welcomed device it is a uh, definitely a disruptor in the market of foldables when it comes down to what we have in the US market right now and the the functions and everything that we've seen here although have their own flavor like i love the fact that they didn't just get out the gate with hey here's a big display and you have the same interface as you have as your regular phone it just it's stretched yeah. they they put purposely built in functions multitasking in a different way like people will not like i assure you this much you put a you put a fold you put a OnePlus Fold, uh, sorry, an open and against a Fold, and you're going to see a very stark difference in multitasking, how they're approaching yeah. multitasking. I still think, obviously, you know, Samsung still has DeX, which I feel like I, I, 
Like we yeah. really need more competitors in that market, but yes, for sure. Um, it, it is an exciting thing for us. I'm very happy, very excited about the OnePlus Open. And of course, with the fact that, you know, we finally have the, the day one update. Now it's fully retailed. I was able to set up my Google Pay in there. Now I can fully, fully functionally transition yeah. to it. I think it's that's kind of hard when you can't really live out of it and you're calling it a review. Like, it, it just, you know, yeah, there's some it, core functionality here. It. Yeah, yeah <laughs> absolutely. And, and I think for me, with the update, I still, I, so here's the thing. What, what I was trying to lead into is saying, now that we finally have the update on the day one launch, I think we will still need mm-hmm. a little bit more time to kind of basically reconcile what we were experiencing with the with the pre-release software and what have been for sure. I, I feel like now is a fair spot to start calling videos reviews, though. Yeah, and I also feel like the contribution to the conversation is is even better when consumers can weigh in the people who actually spent their money on these things yeah can yeah. weigh and, in. and they're starting to get them today i think today and, and tomorrow they're, today they're today is, is is one plus open day i mean we yeah. had a uh, even mr pass 101 got his one plus open today nice. um so so now again it's it's like the same thing that i said with uh with some previous samsung and iphone launches i'm not fans of those brands but it it bothers me that the way that our social media and video platforms ratchet algorithms on popularity, mm-hmm. you don't get a good accounting of how these things are really performing day to day from the people who spent their money on them because the conversation is technically over according to Google Trends yeah, it, and Google Analytics. Sadly, yeah, there's a shift, there's a gear shift kind of going on slightly. It's like yeah. moving on to the next hotness. No, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with exactly. you. Exactly. And now, now I feel like it, into next week, that's where I feel a bit more confident that I can say, this is a review. I am reviewing now what I feel this phone is good at, where I feel it might still have some issues. Mm-hmm. No one, I, I don't think anyone's really nailed foldables completely yet. Every single device has its own metaphor for how there's, it's organizing information. Exactly. There's pluses. There's It's a flavor, right? It's their version, yeah. their vision, not version, but their vision of what a, a foldable should be. Um, I feel like they checked off a lot of boxes, definitely a lot mm-hmm. of boxes that I've been wanting other companies. And, and, I, and I always love to speak to, to the to the availability in the U.S. market because that's pretty much what's going to be the, I mean, so the Open and the N3 are available in different markets. And it sounded like the N3 and the, one, and the Open won't be competing in specific markets. So if you're getting nope. one or the other, um, whatever market you're in, if you're in the U.S., it's going to be very few players. I mean, as you talked before, yeah. you know, we have the open, we have the, uh, the, uh, the pixel fold, and then we have the Z fold. Really? Those are the yep. three big foldable phones in the U S market. There isn't really anything else. The flip market. Now we have a little bit more competition on Motorola side. So, um, I think where, where it's going to start shining in is obviously is durability, serviceability, and of course, support. How does that mm-hmm. carry over as time goes on? Um, Technically, and I do want to emphasize this, this may be the first OnePlus branded foldable phone. This is the third foldable phone Oppo. that Oppo has released. Yeah. And this is a generational upgrade. So although we maybe, you know, we don't want to, you know, like, well, this is their Gen 1. It's not a Gen 1, my friend. This is not, <laughs> hardware like this does not show up at Gen well, 1. This And increasingly, what I think we all should be hoping for is a yeah. unified Oppo. So I'm hoping, yeah, I'm hoping if, at some if point you just drop the, the, you know what I mean? Like, uh, no, no, no. Well, I mean, keep, keep, keep the label because we, yeah, yeah, yeah. we, we have, we like, have this inroad where North Americans know of this brand OnePlus 
some yeah. of them do anyway. Yeah. So the next time, the next Find X that comes out, Find X Seven, just change the label on the box. Oh my god! I really and want call the 7 that Pro to come out. The One Plus Twelve Pro. Yeah. Exactly. And you're good. <laughs> Go back, but, back but I mean, to like, that, again, to that naming scheme. Yeah, exactly. Which we're we're, we're watching the, the, the competing brands of BBK. We've got the Vivo side and we've got the Oppo side. And if yeah. the Oppo side can unify and use OnePlus as like this aggressive, low price, online sales, targeted uh, kind of solution now where they're they're going boutique again. They're not going for the big carrier deals like they had with the 6 and the 7. Um, this is the strategy that I'd really like to see them employ. Use the yep. OnePlus label as sort of the Trojan horse to get Oppo into North America without all the scrutiny of, oh, a Chinese brand is trying to infiltrate America. Well, guess what? They're already here. <laughs> oh, no. They've been here for a while, and the phones are kind of great. Oh, oh gosh. <laughs> no, no. Um, I, I think that the, but the only thing that I would have to say that I really wish we did have on the OnePlus Open is, um, although we have a synergy across everything else, uh, where if you mm -hmm. hold a OnePlus Open and an N3, you really find, it, it, other than the label on the back, it's really hard to find the differences where what, where one is sure. one and one of the other. Uh, from a camera science, very close. Uh, we, we didn't do a lot of heavy testing, but in the few samples that I was able to take, at the time I was in Singapore, some of the people I was hanging out with had access to the N3, which obviously would be a great time. But again, we were both running pre-release software. Sure. We were able to replicate the images almost to a T. Like it was it was as if mm -hmm. the picture was taken from the same phone. So that made yeah. me very happy. Um, where we are missing one thing, which I really wish we had, which was I was hoping this to get maybe if they rebranded it to be called it OnePlus Share or something to the ref to represent mm -hmm. Oppo Share. Um, because of the fact, I mean, again, it's, this is a purely a me problem. I love sure. my Find X6 Pro, okay, and I'm and I'm actually weirdly, I'm not gonna, I mean, I'm not gonna admit too hard for it, but I'm starting to shift to use more of the OnePlus Open than using the <gasps> Find X6 Pro, even though you. the 6 Pro has the full the one inch sensor. I just it, you gotta remember it, it's accessibility and functionality. I have nearby share. I have all the functions that I want to mm -hmm. use out of out of what I always end up being. I have to upload my my pictures to Google Drive or, or upload them to Photos, then re-download them or connect mm -hmm. it to my Mac and try to figure out whatever that song and dance and and the smoke signals that I have to send over to you know to to Tim and all of that to to allow me to transfer my data. Um, it is very much a it's it's about accessibility. Like the 13 Ultra, yeah. one of my biggest gripes is I can't share things outside of either directly to another uh, Xiaomi, which works beautifully. Xiaomi transfer sure. works really nice. I wish we had Oppo Share on this, and that would have kind of circle brought the full circle back. Um, but there are so many things that I think a lot of people are not even talking about what the, the OnePlus Open can do. Like nobody almost was mentioning the fact that it has video out. Like that's a yep. feature that that's like almost video like video out is huge. It is huge, With the and it handles it handles the cover to inner screen transition so ratio, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it it is. I, it doesn't yeah. blink. It's just so performant. It has an IR blaster. It has oh, real what are those? Yeah, fast like, charging. That, okay, there was there was an update by the way to the IR <sighs> blaster, which was I'll say this in my early version that I was when I was playing before launch, I could mm -hmm. not get it to control my Samsung <laughs> my Samsung TV. Hold on, that Can reads. That tracks. Hey, it works now. Hey, congratulations, party time. <laughs> you you had to buy a OnePlus TV, obviously. I wish we could. I've seen those. I've played with them before. MediaTek had them when I at the first summit that they had back in Coronado back in 2019. I want to say, 
Um, mm-hmm. They brought in a OnePlus TV from India. Yeah. They even had, and oh, and and, and uh, MediaTek is also in Peloton. <laughs> it sounds like the other, the other thing. Yeah, Peloton that's Peloton. right. Yeah, yeah, they're in Peloton. But um, <laughs> my experience with the, with the Open has been so far a uh, it's a learning experience. It's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had to also adjust to the fact that I cannot, or I don't think I can't. I won't be able to enjoy my custom launcher on this as well as I yeah. used to on other devices. And it's I'm like specific- every generation of Android, Android itself seems to get a bit more hostile to yeah. launchers. And we're, then we're going these in the skins direction. Yeah. Are so like what, what the amount of custom code that you have to run for a Z fold, mm-hmm. for a Pixel fold, or for a OnePlus Open makes the custom launcher even less capable at navigating those different until like um until like nova launcher can figure out how to be more screen aspect ratio aware yeah it's gonna be a massive challenge having that kind of customization on these devices again i I, I think it's gonna be a while before people it will be and and i think my only thing about it is with with the z fold i've lived with it and i've accepted the, the loss of the dock because I preferred using Nova on, on the Z Fold. And I, I'm not going to hide yeah. the fact that, I mean, I don't mind. I like One UI Launcher, and I think they have a lot of customizations, especially with a good lock and all the functions that they can do. Mm-hmm. But when it comes down to the areas of just the, the way Nova runs for me, I feel like that that approach is much better. On the open, um, I've, I mean, I've been using it with the, with the default launcher. I have Nova installed, and every time I install it, depending on what software update we got with the pre-release version, different things mm-hmm. were worked. Like with the latest version that we got, my, the recents, this does not want to work now. Now I just get slivers mm-hmm. of recents whenever I install a custom launcher. So I'm, I'm just going to default to the, to the stock launcher. It is very well customizable. And I've gotten used to the paged approach to, um, to, uh, to the home screens as opposed to the bigger canvas of what we're used to using with, let's yeah. say, Samsung and so on. Um, but yeah, I want to I want to test it out. You know, the weather is getting a little bit better. We're going to get some sun this weekend. Uh, <laughs> you know, maybe we'll we'll do some stuff with it tomorrow too when we get a chance to hang out and we'll do some sure. collaborations this weekend or something like that. I, yeah, I we'll wanna... definitely be chatting about some of those. Oh, um, for sure. I, I just feel like there, there's an intro to this conversation that I think is very is very positive yeah. for OnePlus. Um, I feel OnePlus has earned a consideration that a lot of people don't really ever give them. Mm-hmm. And that's uh, b- before we started talking about Samsung and Google expanding software support out to longer and longer timeframes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. OnePlus was actually the company that was more aggressively updating their devices and offering longer support. I think we kind of forget that. And when we start looking at all the little bits and pieces, like the brighter screen, the improved hinge, 512 gigs of of storage, some of the best camera sensors available on any foldable. It's got real fast charging, not fake North American fast charging. It even has the little alert slider so that you can customize if it's making like piece by piece by piece by piece. Um, This is one that I've been more impressed by than what I was expecting. I, I know Mr. Mr. Pass 101 here in our chat is also a duo nerd like I am. Yeah. And this is the foldable that has really earnestly started pulling me away from relying on my duos as my walk around the house mini tablets. Yeah. I- and there's a lot that I wish that we could still crib from Microsoft, but they're making some really smart decisions here on OnePlus and 
I think we're we're going to be in for an interesting evolution because it looks like this is a platform that they're hoping to bring innovation to. Yeah. That it's yeah. not just we've released a product. This is the state that it's always going to be in. It's done. This pie's been baked. I don't think they're going to be as as groundbreaking as Google is with their their feature drops, but it seems no. like OnePlus is looking at this as an innovation platform, mm -hmm. knowing that this is their halo product. This is their crown jewel, best of everything that they can and, offer. And, and they treated it, it they treated it as such. They made sure yeah. they made sure. Oh, that's that, how they're they're talking about this as the best piece of everything that we have to offer. It is a culmination is of everything. In the open. It's like a build yeah. up for the last 12, 11 years of whatever they've been, you know, all the things that they've been doing and everything yeah. that we've heard them, you know, let's say maybe remove, bring back, change around, put around. No, all of that, you know, it was locked in. Honestly, with the, with the exception of the software, the hardware was very solid. Um, mm -hmm. The, uh, the, the, and again, I don't want to hype it up like I sound like I make it sound like I'm a chill or something. No, no, this is truly out of appreciation and of usage. We've we've used. But it's refreshing device. to have the competition. Like that's it why is. I want to get excited. It is. It the, is. The, it the, is. You you make some of these caveats because Google is in a, a touchy situation with the Pixel Fold. Mm -hmm. I actually really like the form factor of the Pixel Fold mm -hmm. better in terms of orientation than the okay. OnePlus Open, but. There's so much more about the open that I prefer that for me, the, for me I'm picking it, it up as the way more too. than I'm picking it up the pixel the, the, fold. The, fold and the weight is me, yeah, absolutely the weight for me on the those, yeah. When you when I first held the fold, the first thing that struck me was like, wow, this is heavier than I thought it was gonna be. Sure. Uh, it, that was the first thing. And but not that, that you want a foldable that that just like you know, you like blow on it and it flies. <laughs> I know, right. I know that's what we're driving towards, and every sure I feel like a lot of companies sure. have done that it'll just be like a clear plastic scroll that you just Absolutely. like open it'll like, be really? like what was that terrible mars movie where that was the computer of the future was like <laughs> a, a scrolling screen thing. dude I, i'm watching the show on on uh on uh, prime right now called uh, upload i don't know if you've got ever yeah i know there. upload yeah it's actually upload. kind of a cute show and they have the the yeah, the phone like the hand phone yeah, the phone holds like basically just and essentially, it's supposed to be basically a wristwatch that kind of has a hologram project, projector. Yeah, and, projects yeah. watch. and then so your phone is always like this. Totally makes sense, like to to interact in that form factor. And, I, and please, if anybody's watching, please make sure to make that happen because I'd like that. Sure. But but it, um, <laughs> the the approach of what we have, it, it's the size, it's the flexibility. It does not feel like when I have it in my pocket that I'm holding two phones in, in there. It does, it still no. feels thicker. I'm not going to deny the fact that obviously, and we're, but we're it's light enough. Over, it is that light the enough. The thickness just feels like a chunky case. It doesn't feel like two phones in your pocket. Yeah. It feels like it's a phone yeah. with a case on it right now that it doesn't feel like I'm, it, a lot of my, my growing pains that we've had, and we've had improvements over the years with different versions of foldables to me right now, with the exception of Xiaomi, because I haven't had a chance to check it out. I yeah, will say either. that honor honors V2 has to be the thinnest lightest like i swear to god like i feel like that phone will fly that's how that's yeah. how light i felt it's a frisbee it is absolutely a frisbee honor will take the crown for me when it comes down to to that experience but mm -hmm. i'm gonna say it from out of the bar out of the door with the way they've done the software the recent sorry mm -hmm. the recent uh the the recent files uh the access to the app drawer the multitasking yeah. 
those are some serious innovations in move in the right direction. I feel like I think honor yeah. is in a they're they're born out of we've got to solve these problems on how you use a foldable. Yeah. And, and every it, company it, has come up with different solutions to do that. But I really like what OnePlus is attempting. Yeah. Some of it probably won't stick. We'll have but to see it's how the it necessary. Does. It's the necessary step because we won't learn what works better until a few of these ideas fail. Yeah. But I, I, I really like again because I'm, I'm like you. I, I, we, we could probably start wrapping up the show, and I want to talk about this little mini PC here too. No, 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 absolutely. I was, I was trying. To I feel out a like good, good transition. OnePlus has arrived at the most accessible competitor mm -hmm. to the Z Fold. Yes. This is a, a a a sticky spot for the Pixel Fold. The Pixel Fold is in no way a bad device. It isn't. I no. really like it. I, I think it's I, well built. Yeah. But Google has a problem just in in the pure nuts and bolts mechanics practicality because none of these things are really practical. Mm -hmm. They're fun and they're exciting and they're tip of the spear. I still feel like they're kind of public beta tests, but they're getting really good. Yeah. But when you buy the OnePlus Open, you are getting the best of every experience that OnePlus can make. Yeah. It is the best cameras sold mm -hmm. on a OnePlus device right now. It is the best performance. The OnePlus Open somehow, and this to me is kind of like magic considering the compromises of a foldable, but in every test that I run on it, the OnePlus Open is capable of outperforming the OnePlus 11. The charging is similar, so you have no compromise in fast charging here for North America. It's like every single piece, you get things back, like video output. It outperforms yeah. the OnePlus tablet. It's the only OnePlus that like comes in a storage size of 512 era. gig. And it only comes out yeah, every exactly, piece of it. Level storage, yeah. Every piece of it is better than any other OnePlus product currently being it's, it's sold. It's uncompromised OnePlus. It's, that's the best way to, I can describe it. It's and uncompromised, yeah. Google can't say the same. Yeah. For the price of a Pixel Fold, you can get a Pixel 8 Pro with a, a more refined Tensor SoC, yep. and you can get a Pixel tablet with the speaker dock and have a smart display that turns into a tablet and still save cash mm -hmm. over buying the Pixel Fold. And that, to me, is one of those psychological hooks. If you really like the Google experience and you really like what a Pixel has to offer and you really want a foldable, then the Pixel Fold is the price of entry. But you've got to get your brain around it's not going to perform as well. It's going to run a little hotter than a, hotter, yeah. a Pixel 8 Pro. And you've got to pay that high premium for the foldable and the hinge and everything. You don't have to have any of those internal conflicts on the OnePlus. Even the Z Fold can kind of fall into that trap where, you know, it's more expensive than an S23 Ultra. Yeah. And the S23 Ultra is going to have better cameras. That doesn't exist in OnePlus land. No. In OnePlus land, the best part of everything that OnePlus has to offer is currently on for the OnePlus Open. For 2023, absolutely, and hands down. And I think that's the big, that's the reason why we're excited about it. It's because we've we've done the song and dance we've done the the the, the two-step you know one step forward two step back kind of thing going on with, yeah. with with many for many years again uh the, the fact that we have video out something that we lost entirely yeah. uh, from the beginning of 2022 with the 10 pro because the mm -hmm. 10t at the end didn't have that uh, nope. or the it's it just 
it is like I said, it's refreshing. It's it's appreciative, and um, I was very pleased to be able to not only match but maybe even exceed my excitement once I got the hardware. Then to yeah. our friend over at the PR team because I feel like I'm now more excited ah, than him. Just, I feel like he's like, so yeah, good. it's great. We're happy. We're you know all the little like. No, well, no, for no, him, no. it's like the relief. Like I'm finally yeah. done like launching this product, yeah. and we're like, we're just getting started. I know, the excitement <laughs> like, Yay. So um, I, I don't want to spend too much time on this because it literally I just started setting it up yesterday. Yeah. You know what's never what's ne what never gets old is when you get a new computer, a new Windows machine. Oh, nice. And you plug it in. Yeah. And you start setting it up. You put in, like, your Microsoft account, do all that stuff. And it does a thing where it says, hey, I'm searching for updates. You're like, okay, cool. Windows 11 is going to update itself before I have to worry about using the machine. You're like, that's great. That's it. And then you get it all set up. And then you go into your Microsoft store. And it updates a whole bunch of apps. Okay. And then you tell it to check again. And then it seems to find more apps to update. And then you go into your settings and you say, hey, did you really update Windows? Because you seem to have a ton of cumulative updates and patches to run. So let's run those. And then it reboots that whole thing. And you're like, great. So I must be done now. Oh, no. There's now I've got to go back into the Microsoft Store and re-update all of the apps from the cumulative updates. from, And I'm in three different places updating all of the software. Oh, my God. Yeah. So... I finally finished that whole dance where this box has rebooted like four times <laughs> to finish all the updates in the store. But this is the ace piece. I'm, I'm going to make myself. Wait, hold on a second. Big. That's the actual. F I Okay. Um, I don't want to make you too little. Where, where'd I go? Where'd I go? Where'd I go? I don't know, but we're looking at your inbox. No, that's not what I want. Stop it. Do that. that no. Let me. I, I removed that one from there. Ah, so there we go. Okay. Thank I you. fixed it. No, 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 no. I, <laughs> it, only took me, it only took me 12 tries. So this is the Ace PC. My main criticism so far is I feel the name is a little unfortunate for English speakers because it's the Whizbox. So that's not a great name, maybe, maybe but the Whizbox G. I, I, sorry. Did, did, so, so, bad, badly. No. I like the design. Oh, I, I'm not going to say... It, <laughs> It would if, if they had the so so this is another one of these builds where it, it's an upright mini PC mini tower. Um, it looks like it it, it's got this. Does it open? So uh, we're, we're we're gonna get oh, to yeah. that. Uh, it, the thing I like about these and a few of these others. So Ace Magician also sells a similar form factor. I bet you it's almost exactly the same frame. Mm -hmm. uh, Ace PC and Ace Magician. We probably shouldn't be too surprised that there are a lot of overlap on some of the hardware and features. But one of the things that I like is outside of Windows. So mm -hmm. if you were to get this box and install a, a Linux build or Linux. something like that on it, they've got this built-in rocker switch on the power button that completely changes the fan profile. Oh. And that's built into the hardware. So if you want it to run almost oh, completely near silent, oh, okay. you can you can you can kill that fan. Your your box is gonna throttle if you try and hit it with heavy computing tasks, but it's gonna run real quiet. But if you know you're gonna go into gaming, you just flick it over, this like glows red and all the RGB start changing colors and like, stuff. This is but like back in the day bringing back the turbo button, man. Turbo like, button! I'm having flashbacks right now to like 94. Wow, what happened? <laughs> Absolutely. I knew you, because you're an old guy like me, you would appreciate turbo button. So it's it, yeah. it's a very simple machine, but one of the reasons why I'm excited about this is that um, this is one of the least expensive solutions to get the new AMD 7735HS. 
Nice. Okay. So it's their upper mid range, not quite a Ryzen nine, but it's in that Ryzen seven territory. Okay. Yeah. Integrated. I haven't done a whole lot with it. Yeah. Yeah. But where Intel nooks, uh, you know, from uh, even just a year or two ago, would struggle with say AAA titles, with a little bit of graphic setting manipulation, these Ryzen's are surprisingly good. And uh, so the last one I reviewed was a 5800HS. Um, okay, yeah, I'm And we were getting into 1080p gaming. I, like, it could run Tetris Effect at, in 1080p at 60 frames per second with all the eye candy on. Like, that kind of blows my mind. We were just starting to almost get playable frame rates for games like Control. Yeah. And that is yeah. huge. That is huge. So, that game is a massive resource uh, hog. Yeah. Another generation newer, and oh, actually technically two generations newer, but in, in terms of the laptop-y style chips. But the other thing that's kind of cool is this is a, um, a toolless chassis to get to your RAM and your uh, storage. So let me just kind of pop. It's just magnets at the top, and then the mm -hmm. whole side panel comes off, and you can get oh, to your RAM that. and SSD. And, you even have the and it also has right a... There. Oh, the heat so the heatsink right the there. Yeah. yeah, so that's the, S the, the, the SSD and NVMe, NVMe SSD, mm -hmm. and then it also has space if you want to pop in a SATA drive. Oh. So this this whole this whole cavity yeah. right here. Um, the Geekum that I got actually also had, like, it, it, yeah. it's a different configuration, more, like, stacked a little bit, but... So the Geekum, really cool. yeah. the, the Geekum is that slightly more Nook, classic Nook style. Yeah. The thing I like about this upright panel is this entire section right here is fan. So if you think oh, about right. the yeah, Geekom has that little fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That it's sits that sits so your airflow is vertical, but it's it's a much, much smaller um unit. That yeah. much 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 smaller fan to get air through. Here the blower is a lower pitch and is so much quieter than that traditional nook form factor. Is it like so, a full uh, 120 or what are we talking about? Can does it can you how big of the fan? Oh, the size of the fan, about? I don't know. Oh, okay. So so, so, so this like entire unit is, yeah. is heat sink and airflow out. I'd have to disassemble the side panel to figure out what size the fan is. Mm -hmm. But we're talking mini PC. When it spins up, it's not as whiny or as rockety as a laptop, mm -hmm. obviously, because those laptop fans are going to be a lot smaller. But it's bigger than a Nook-style fan. So it's just a more pleasant sound because it's also a lower pitch because of the larger fan diameter. And it, and it seems um, like it'll blow air to the back as well, because I see the exhaust uh, opening oh, right yeah. next to the eye. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. I mean, it, it's pulling air vertically through this entire chassis in a way that I think is um, it, it, not more efficient, but I think it's just a little bit better at cooling than the stacked smaller nook form factor. Better, um, better for that turbo button that we did. But, and yeah. and you've got the turbo. So if you want to just turn the fan up so that you're pre-cooling that hardware more aggressively. Um, 32 gigs of RAM, 512 gigs of storage, that AMD 7735, uh, 499. Dude. $499. And it comes pre-installed with Windows 11. Like, and you get, so you get a license for Windows 11 uh, also. Yeah. That's actually really it's nice. It's pretty good. Mini PCs, dude. I'm, I'm telling you, man. It, it's the two generation the old 5800 mm -hmm. you can find sub like on some really aggressive sales and tr like if you really shop it well you can find it sub four hundred dollars with coupon codes and stuff but it's really more like msrp 450 mm -hmm. two generation newer ryzen chip 
four ninety nine. I, I mean, our, our generational windows on these mini PCs could be like 30 bucks. <laughs> 30 so bucks you could jump so you can jump different levels um, right and and while we're talking about mini pcs and in, in, in just kind of like in general yeah. things kind of going on i was one of my biggest things and, and, and i'm going to make it super super quick because i know it's getting we're, we're hitting that two hour mark that normally sure. that, that 90 minute uh, session um at, one of the biggest things that i had to deal with when i first transitioned over from my regular ford to the tesla was the loss of my android auto it was a big thing because I actually like Android Auto, not only because of the integration that I had with it with my phone and I had access to all my music and everything that I wanted, my Internet connection, all of that. Uh, but it was a it was a reliable service that I loved. And actually, one of the reasons why I even picked up the Ford. But Tesla for me was more about the tech and everything in it. But it had none of that. It relied on Google services when it came to maps, but it didn't really have anything else. And then to top that off, you had to pay $10 a month to be able to get the, the bells and whistles. Yeah. Into um, the reason why I'm mentioning this is I, as of about, as of last Friday, as of, as of, I came back, uh, from my trip, um, I am now able to run Android auto on my Tesla. And if nice. I really want to, I can technically run CarPlay, but I don't really want CarPlay, but yeah. the, the hardware is, is very much a la, um, basically just running like a, a, a small piece, mini PC in the car that runs Android. And it runs basically, I think for the most part, if I'm not mistaken, I think they, they cloned a, uh, a pixel five. I think that's what the, what my, what Google recognized the hardware as. Cause when I logged into it, it was like, welcome to you. I hope you enjoy your pixel five. I'm like pixel five. I didn't buy a pixel five, but it <laughs> runs. It's beautiful. Um, nice. I have split screen. Now my maps are all up to date. I don't have to pay services. I don't have to pay anything. I get yeah. traffic, all of that stuff, integration into Google services, and it just runs so nice. I'm working on a video for it because there was a little bit of growing pains. The The PC itself mm-hmm. has the power to run Android Auto fully on it, but it's just yeah. so slow. It's not very mm-hmm. well optimized. But if you want to run CarPlay, if you want to run Android Auto via the wire, I think CarPlay is supported wire and wirelessly. Android Auto is not wireless yet, but it, it will be in a future update. Once nice. that function is there, dude, this is this is a game changer for me. The ability of having this level of, of fun in a car and bringing it's, an Android in there, it's a big it's one. It's incredible how much, um, because we're, we're looking at, there are going to be some Android PCs that are coming out. Who is the other one? Not Geekum. Uh, they did the Access. Azul. Yeah, Azul yeah. is making an Android-based mini PC. I thought they, uh, and they're also updating some of their Windows PCs yeah, with lower, lower power hardware and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I have to believe that um, like this move to Windows on ARM is gonna skyrocket with these kinds of ultra like Zotac just came out with a small form factor build that uses that new solid state cooling. Oh, so nice. it's that card. That is like this high vibration airflow thing that mm-hmm. expels heat from your from your CPU. And they're saying like, well, what we can do in an even smaller chassis looks like if you had this kind of PC uh, tower with these kinds of fans. Like this whole market, the ability to do what you just described, like putting this compute brain oh, it, thing. It, it, it is, it's the, running we, on a Raspberry Pi, by the way. I, I, I don't want to make it yeah. over, oversell it. This is running. No, but that's, 
but that's just it. Is like, especially yeah. New Pi got a huge shot in the arm in terms of compute power. We've been playing with like the mini brains mm -hmm. for yeah. our yeah. AR glasses. Um, I, I do want to show it because I, I finally dug it out of the box. Um, if, if you'll pardon me, going going big here again. So here's here's the Wiz box, and in terms of the difference in in fan size, here's the Geekom. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, I know, I know. It's so. Like so the the geekom is is dramatically smaller than the Wizbox. Yeah. So this the the geekom is going to be better if you want to bolt it to the back of a monitor or a TV and kind of have that experience. It has but... it has its own visa mount uh, as well. The adapt the option yeah. for that. Yeah. But that's also where I feel like if you have this kind of mini tower, that's one of the reasons why these things can have this adjustable preset fan speed, fan firmware, and that the sound of the fan is also just nicer mm -hmm. for having this extra surface area to move air through. So this is the more, the Geekom is the more traditional Nook form factor from the well, old I, Intel I've Nook seen, series. I've, I've traveled with the Geekom before too. I feel like it's- Yeah, travel with, they're super teeny. Well, yeah, because you can get it like a, a Bluetooth keyboard and mouse, like the the uh, yeah. the, the Logitech ones and a, and a mouse, and you could just literally plug it into any any desktop. I think when I went to, when I went to Motorola in Chicago to see the Razer Plus and the Razer, I had the Geekom with me. I took it with me and I hooked it up to the hotel, uh, you know, the, the TV. And those are the functional options. I mean, I love the TV sticks or the PC sticks that fit into the TV. But I always yeah. felt like those are heavily underpowered because of the limitations. Super. Of, yeah. There's no fans. There's it's air cool and passive cooling. Of, absolutely, they run really hot to the and touch. It, <laughs> no, and those are the challenges. Uh, but then you get like a Geekom and. Where I feel like the 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 whiz the whiz box that you have has more of the mini 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 ATX kind of flavor of it kind of going like we're not going mm -hmm. mini we're going super micro nano mini um, it's that level of it, it doesn't feel like it's you can mount it to the back of something it needs to stand no. on a on a surface yeah but from a looks though that looks kick ass man that looks very much a robotic. Um, like that I think really it's kind nice of fun, feel. Yeah. yeah, no, 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 absolutely. This is like, know. and the, the and the fact that it makes that kind of almost like pyramid shape yeah. to it is yeah, yeah, just yeah. kind of cool. I, I, next time I'm over, I, I definitely want to check it out. I want to see, I want to see it in person. I'll be, oh, I'll be yeah. excited that out. But yeah, no, um, a, a lot of cool things going on, man. I and I realize I, I say you know Techtober and all of that. Um, I'm still working on my Pixel Eight video. Uh, I, I want to. Mm -hmm. So I mean, we got the Pixel Eight, and then I and then right after that, I left. Um, it, was, it was literally like I got it, and I went on the trip. So I've traveled with it, I've had experiences with it. Um, there's been some good, some interesting experiences. I'm not going to say bad. It's it, because it's not a Pixel issue. It's a it's a reliance on third party services that are hindering my experience on how the experience was on the Pixel. So, in, in all in all, uh, and of course, in the fact that it's a 128 gigs of storage, I'm, I'm still working on that video for next week. Um, I may, I'm only going to tease it. I may have a surprise video on the OnePlus Open. And I, when I mean surprise, I'm going to say mean a surprise that I think almost nobody else has, has put out a video on. And I don't want to really? say too much about it because hmm. I need to wait for a package to show up. So when's that package shows up? <laughs> it's on like Donkey Kong. It will be on like Donkey Kong, my friend. I well, I, I've got a, I've got a Pixel 8 video going out tomorrow. It's very okay. casual. I'm not calling it a review. It is sort of two weeks into the experience of using it, the, really yeah, same, having my SIM card in yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to live my truth of criticizing other reviewers who rush to satisfy algorithms um, and not playing the same game just for 
extra clicks and stuff. So yeah. we'll, we'll have some pixel. Both of us are going to have some pixel eight commentary uh, no, absolutely. coming out. And, and then I want to do some more uh, as you know, as we talked about, you know, just a one plus open as well uh, with the oh, updates. Yeah. yeah. Kind of circle back on that. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're, we're definitely going to be working on that pretty aggressively because we both are, are getting really excited for some of these comparisons. Yeah. It, we've yeah. got a ton of stuff to now, like follow up the conversation, even though all of this stuff is launched and we're only now going to be starting to um, shift to some of like the gift guides and some of the other fun electronics. Oh man, I have yes. some stuff embargoed <laughs> that it's more. I can't believe yeah, it's, it's going to be Black Friday stuff, and yeah, yeah, it's less than a month. A it's about a month. But but some fun toys and and some some other things that aren't like traditional just phone computer things. Um, I'm talking to another brand about some also like some bioelectronics for sort of hacking your mind with wearable tech. Okay. That could yeah. be kind of fun because I like experimenting on my own brain. What? So Brainiac? Is that where we're going to go with uh, one? No, one, <laughs> probably one, the, one the, the point is kind of not to do that. So yeah. hopefully it doesn't turn me into a super you villain. Just get the whole kind of constant. No, I'm, I'm with you. Um, I do have a video coming out tomorrow morning. Uh, it'll be on the creative. Eh, eh, this is never going to focus. Forget about it. Um, <laughs> my Sucker. first bone conduction headphones. Like I've, I've seen really? you use them and I've, and, and yeah. I have, but I, I've I'm never, using them right now. No, no, absolutely. And, and, and I've been rocking them for, for about a, almost two weeks from now. And one of my biggest things, it's going to be the silliest thing, but the color of this headphones is pretty much what sold me on them. It's that blue, the navy blue and orange, the Goku colors of, of, of mm -hmm. everything. Um, but it's also made by a company that we both grew up. Uh, <laughs> make it sound old. Yeah. Welcome on this two old guys talking about Sound Creative Blaster. The Creative. Do you remember Creative yeah. Labs back in the old days with the Sound Blasters? So do I know around. Creative? I, I still have my my cinema headphones right here. So these are the Creative. Uh, 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 so they said it's Sexfy. I don't think it is. I say XF. <laughs> X, Hold on, is it S a German X name? Did they go with the Zex? No, 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 no. So it's SXFI, and while I had a Qualcomm, uh, Qualcomm, a creative representative at Newegg, they said... Zexfi. We, we call that Sexfi. Oh, sex. they and actually like, call it Sex. So, I, like, you understand, we're about to do this Newegg live show. And I'm about to try to say You want us to here. call it sexfy and they were like yes so th this was like my go-to wireless it has the usb puck for like zero latency creative yep, yep. spatial sound before apple was doing spatial audio creative was doing the most impressive work no, in absolutely. managing this kind of virtual surround sound stuff so yeah i, I like creative never really left they didn't leave although these are kind of dusty what i meant to say more more so was as as time went on, I stopped looking into purchasing additional sound cards for my PC. As, as, as PC builds over the years <laughs> went, has gone more progressive. I went external. Yeah, yeah. I've, and I've gone, well, because there's not much of a need to put in a, okay, so you're you're limited by space, but it's also because of the fact that, you know, it, it was an extra expense that you generationally didn't really need to keep upgrading every single time. You could basically stick with the same as long as you had the hardware that you needed. So Although, this if is you the, remember the the Audigy with the breakout box, I ran that for three different PC builds. Oh wow, that, that was, was a great card. 
dude. Okay, yeah, but so what for me? I, so anyway, when I originally swapped it, I took it in with my capture cards because I was trying to use more capture yeah. cards in there, and they, those take us some space. Uh, but this one is uh, my first pair. It's the Outlier Free Pro Plus Edition. So this is their top of the line. Um, water resistant, uh, swim capable, uh, Bluetooth headset, nice. uh, that you're able to use with multi-point, uh, very exciting. One of the very few headsets I've actually enjoyed taking showers with, which is just absolutely crazy. Right. The ability of, um, the fact that this actually also works while you're swimming is yep. next level with the built-in MP3 and storage built into the actual headset. And I headset. cannot stress enough how dangerous it is to use traditional earbuds around water. Yeah, no, no. Because well, if the uh, pressure gets built up there, you're going to rupture your eardrums. But well, open to, to, ear earbuds don't got that problem. And and the ability of just the multitasking, and, and I've gone through different runs with them. I've done a lot of good things with them. I like them. about And, and you'll get a chance to see how excited I am with it and audio and, and range and all of that good stuff. Um, it, but it's definitely a good... It's a good way to dip your, you know, dip your toes in the water yeah. when it comes down to uh, wireless because they're not that expensive. They're actually priced pretty uh, pretty well. Nice. And for the fact that you can go swimming with them, that is just next level. If you love swimming and you want good audio perk. with you, this is it. And you don't have to rely on, on Bluetooth. That's the other thing that I – because that was the first thing when I saw them. I'm like, how are you going around the fact that Bluetooth doesn't transmit through water? It just does not work. There's no audio that comes through. Mm-hmm. And it's because it doesn't. It, it's relying on built-in storage. So you could definitely experience uh, different levels there. So I'm very happy with Creative. Yeah. They sent that out. So, so TK is now properly on the SexFi gang. <laughs> Absolutely. Woo, SexFi. Outlier Pro, uh, Free Pro Plus SexFi. That's exactly how we are. TK yeah. Bay, SexFi. <laughs> with that being said, um, I want to say first, of course, <laughs> thank you very much to everybody for hanging out with us. Uh, we, are, we are way above uh, way above and beyond our normal time. We needed to. It was yeah, a good show. Um, it is. No, no, absolutely. It's a very well jam-packed, a lot of cool tech, a lot of cool conversations. Um, last week, we had a lot of things going on that was a lot of fun. Um, and this week, we have way more. And hopefully next week, we'll also be able to you know, wow you guys with some more yep. uh, embargoed stuff that we're not able to talk about yet. <laughs> uh, but with that being said, I want to say thank you very much, Juan. Thank you to everybody else as well with us. Aditya, Barry, everybody hanging in with us. Farhan, uh, on this beautiful Thursday, the last Thursday of October 2023. We will be back with you guys next week in November. <laughs> yes, in November. Of <laughs> I know. This is scary. <laughs> it is scary. Before you know it, yeah, uh, Thanksgiving and all. Uh, we'll be back with you guys, hopefully. Make sure to check out Monday, the SGGQA for Juan um, uh, on his channel. And, of course, it'll also be on the same channel that you guys see us here as well. That's the reason why I always, mm-hmm. always kind of loop it. And the audio version of the podcast for everybody that wants to be on the playback crew will be available hopefully within the next day or so. But, um, dude, I hope you have fun. I hope you have uh, a good yeah, weekend. Man. And hopefully the weather gets nice so we can go out and uh, play with some open. Let's do you it. You know what I mean? Let's so- do it. <laughs> All right. Take care, everybody. We'll see you guys next week.